Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from Roma Craft Headquarters in Austin, Texas, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the boys sit down with Skip Martin to discuss all things cigar, beer, and the new Martin Scorsese opus, The Irishman. It's sure to be a kick-ass conversation, folks, so sit back, folks. Uh, Matt, you got too many folks in here conversation folks so sit back folks it's sure to be a kick-ass conversation so sit back folks light them up and enjoy the show welcome everyone tuesday night cigar club episode 108 live from roma craft headquarters in austin texas i want to thank skip martin and mike rosales for joining us hey hey thanks a lot. as always uh me and the were talking on the way up here what, about a week and a half, it's going to be the end of the decade. And I didn't even know what the decade was called. I had to Google it. Do you know what this last the 10 years odds. The Technically, they're supposed to be called the 2010s. And if you're a Mr. Fancy Pants... Oh, 2000 to 2009 was the Those aughts. were the not aughts. Yeah. And if you're really fancy, they're called the 2010s. But I've never heard anybody say that, so have you? No. No, I, I think once the millennials kind of started becoming relevant, uh-huh. it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore? I'm just waiting on the sedative that they put in my IV just to make it all go away. <laughs> kind of like De Niro at the end of the movie. Just sit there and wait for it all to go away. Right. But yeah, we were talking. It was like, you know, the 80s have such an identity. When we think you close your eyes, you just can name so many things that kind of wrap up the 80s, the 90s. I guess even the aughts. But what the hell other than... You know, social media and politics making everybody pissy and miserable. What the uh, hell was the last 10 years about? Absolutely nothing. Right? Absolutely nothing. It's crazy. It's sad. Things that make you go, hmm. And then, to make it worse, what brought all this on, I was listening to the radio, Billboard magazine announced the top five best-selling songs of the, what did I call it, the 2010s. I'd only heard one of these songs, and I hadn't heard of four of the artists. My okay. wife listens to Bruno Mars, so that's the only reason I knew that one. Yeah. I didn't. Have, I mean, well, didn't the it's uh, crazy. 
What's the rap song with Billy Ray Cyrus? Oh, the country oh. song? The, um, I should know that. Isn't that like the biggest all-time <laughs> Billboard song? Oh, the Old Road or whatever? Yeah, that says everything you Old need. Town Road? That's Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus? My that's, kids sing that, that song. Oh, I don't, I don't care. So we're starting here, uh, Matt, with, yes. with uh, the official welcoming drink of the Rome Craft headquarters. Okay. It's a mixture between, it's basically, we call it the Bourbon Mike. The Bourbon Mike. Yeah. It's cold coffee. Oh, oh that's coffee. good. And uh, we, we might have to ask Sean to come over yeah. here and tell us what's in it. Sean, run over here. Do we want to give away the secret? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trade right. secret. Okay. All right. So I told... I mean, I no one has a machine like that other than Espresso. Right. We told so. Sean that we had a good one at uh, Fine Ash in Arizona, uh-huh. and Sean outdid it. So. Here, Sean, jump in here. Let's uh, know what's in this. So I, I won't give away the full recipe, but it's <laughs> Buffalo Trace bourbon cream uh, with an espresso caramel coffee. Uh, top it off with a cold milk foam and add a dark chocolate uh, square to the top, a little ice. You try it on your own, but I won't take the ratios. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Very smart. But I figured uh, we we probably, I know we're going to end Thank with you, coffee. Because uh, I've been to this dance before with you guys have we done this before we i mean i i put some pretty serious beers on the table then mike brought his bourbon collection he's only got about 500 bottles going it's just a smidge it's just uh (laughs) so between the two you guys are going to be shit-faced so instead of watching the movie and drinking and then recording the podcast correct we figured we'd record the podcast first that makes and sense. And then uh, while you guys sober up to a legal blood alcohol level, watch three and a half hours in the movie. I, I like it. Well, or sleep. <laughs> uh, very the, the drink is delicious. Actually, when we visited and did a podcast live at Viaje headquarters, they had something very similar to this. But uh, Viaje It's another. That's a story Was for another. Was that a cubicle in the back of a another law day. firm somewhere? Oh, we're going to leave them alone this time, Skip. All right. Uh, Can we talk about Shoe Estate? No, but we can talk about what's new, or do you just want to get right to the controversial shit? What's new with Roma Craft Tobacco? What we're smoking right here is brand spanking new. I think all all four of the cigars you have uh, today are uh, are all uh, rare ones that kind of mostly you get here at the headquarters, uh, or they were released in in this year. Just so you know, all the bloggers know to put us on the top of their list. Sure. Because as you know, talk about the bloggers. Okay, yeah. As you know, I do my own list. I do. And uh, how we fare on your list depends on how you fare on our list, really. You and I kind of battled it out a little bit last year. (laughs) I Um, didn't realize it meant so much to you, Kate. uh, I would have made you number one. Don't mention the crying. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So Uh, we have first we're smoking the uh, Baca. It's our new Cameroon cigar. This size is the Anthropology size. It's called the Jengi. So it comes in boxes of twenty four, eleven dollars. 40 cents, which is pretty pricey for one of our cigars. Uh, This is the Craft 2019. Uh, All five of the ones we have are a little bit different, I think. Uh, So these are these were released last year at Riverside Cigar Shop and Lounge. We've been enjoying those. We had a box from Jeff, and uh, yeah, they're smoking great. Yeah, and this is the Neanderthal LH, which I think started coming out last month. Mm -hmm. It's our box pressed uh, Neanderthal, Uh, pretty tight little package there and then this is one of our new grand perfectos i think we all have a different one you have the baca one which is the most uh the rarest one hey now i have the Cro magnum which is the most common one it's the first one we made okay 
Uh, we have Neanderthal, Aquatine, and uh, Wonderlust. Wonderlust, which is Esteban's favorite. And then, um, if we don't get through, I'm sure we'll get, we'll probably get through all four of these waiting for De Niro to die. I should go ahead and mention, folks, as we do every episode, we're going to be talking beer, we're going to obviously be talking about cigars, and we always do a movie. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the movie everyone's talking about, The Irishman, the uh, epic, in length at least, uh, Netflix film from Martin Scorsese. So we're going to be getting to that in due time. Uh, So yeah, you guys have had a great year. Baca's been uh, very well received. Um, I'll be the first to admit, it's the first one I've had, and I'm really enjoying it. So this year we had uh, Aquatine Mastodon, Mastodon. Aquatine Slobberknocker, The Craft 2019, The Witchcraft 2019, Don Bosco. Don Bosco was a project we did with Old Virginia uh, earlier this year. Uh, The Baca, the two sizes we released, the Bantu and the Pygmy. Uh, The Neanderthal LH. and that's just in the States. Uh, also, the Wonderlust Fiorella was released mm-hmm. in Europe this year. As a lo- uh, Also, we released the Weaselitos this year. Oh, this one came out. So, uh, the Weaselitos. Last year, we did Cro-Magnon, Neanderthal, and Aquitaine, uh, Ecuador Urbano, Broadleaf, and uh, Mexican and San Andreas. And this year, we did uh, the Modafina, Brazil Modafina, which is Wonderlust. We did the Baca, which is... Um, Cam- Africa Cameroon and so we released those two this year okay. in, um, in really small quantities okay yeah they've been kind of hard to I come think we with. have more coming I think we have you know like maybe 40 100 count boxes of each coming uh, in about a month or so okay uh, delay sells most of those back to the US but I, I smoke those every day I mean they're, they're little uh, quick hitters speaking of you smoking stuff I brought you a while back we had talked about getting together and you said bring me Whatever you're enjoying right now, unbanded, and uh, you know, let me let me take a stab at it. So we're sitting here before the show, shooting the shit, and man, I was just kind of watching you break it down, the studying the ash, studying the combustion, and uh, you know, you had some, you came close on a couple things. This is kind of a, a low octane pussy cigar that goes with your normal pussy beer. That's not what you were saying. When you come to the headquarters, <laughs> when you come to the headquarters, we're talking, you know, we go 13, 14% ABV, right? So the beers yes. we have tonight, what's our ABV uh, range? Uh, going in, uh, we've got... If, it, if anybody goes back and watches some of the old episodes, we, you know, we do high-octane beer. Yes, we do. We, we set the standard. Yes, yeah. we, we do. have a high standard. We do. So... Uh, well, you had mentioned it had some Cuban-esque qualities. It has a lot of Cuban kind of characteristics on the retrohale and a little bit on the, the dry draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, But I would say the quality is too high for it to be a Cuban cigar. That makes sense. Unless it was maybe like some high-end bahiki or something I never smoked. Mm-hmm. And I think the wrappers, it's either Ecuador Sumatra or Ecuador Habano. I would guess Habano, but it's lighter in um, in kind of the yeah, the two yeah. so it's either a low priming Habano or it's Sumatra Ecuador Sumatra okay. it's got a heavier binder it's got a lot of Nicar- Nicaraguan filler qualities both in the color of the ash and also the uh, it's got jalapa in there I can pick out jalapa like ginger and Chinese food right so I would guess that it's made in Nicaragua because of the tobaccos but 
there's not very many factors that make cigars like this. Uh, this rolling style mm-hmm. with the cap and the, the really light. I mean, if you were to weigh this cigar, it's very light. This this is a six and three quarter by fifty four. Uh-huh. I guess seven by fifty four, but it's uh it probably weighs less than one of our cigars that is. It definitely weighs. It probably weighs ten or fifteen percent less than our six by fifty four, our cranium. So it has either low priming or it's a really open type of intubato type uh, uh, rolling bunching style. Okay. But okay. And only a couple of factors really roll cigars like that. Aganorsa or Hoya would be my guess. Okay. Well, you want to smoke on a little more before I tell you? Or you so give me give me the first of the three hints. Uh, if I already guessed, it doesn't count as one of my three hints. All right. Uh, so is it made in Nicaragua? Yes. Okay. There you go. Okay. Is it made at Hoya or Aganorsa? No. No. That's surprising. Because I don't know of any other factor that makes cigars like this. What right. if it's called branded and they outsourced it to another factory? No. You wouldn't know that? Would you know that? Yeah. I got inside scoop on this. Okay. So what factory is it made at? That's my first uh, phone a friend. Uh, Oveja Negra. Or the oh, it is. Yeah. Oveja Negra. It is. I would have never, never guessed that. Well, it is not one of theirs. It is the Dissident Soapbox. So it's a bin, one of Ben's. It's cigars. one of Ben's. I gotta tell you, man, it's really, really good. I mean, if you'd have told me that from the beginning, I would have had a whole different expectation. But I mean, it's good tobacco. It's it surprised great. the hell out of me. I just. Uh, Do you know what the wrapper is? Uh, yeah, I got all the specs for you. Okay, tell me the specs. It is a Brazilian wrapper. That's but, a- but you got the Ecuadorian cred. It's an Ecuadorian binder. Ah. And then Nicaraguan unspecified fillers. So it's Modafina. It's not Modafina. I don't. I didn't. Just Brazilian. He didn't specify. I mean, it could be it could be Mata Norte or, but it's not it's not Atapadaca. I but don't know. You, you nailed the Ecuadorian. You nailed the Nicaraguan fillers. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, Tut. These are not yet available on Famous Smoke Shop, but if they were, what would our listeners be wise to do? You would be wise to go to the website. Click on the famous smoke shop banner <laughs> and hit in TNCC20. Oh, God. For $20 off, 100 bucks or more. Were you guys giving Is he already doing Pacino? Were, yeah. Were okay. you guys giving him drinks before we got here? No, he said he wanted He's already got the irritable vowel syndrome. Irritable yes. vowel. Irritable vowel now, syndrome. Now, here's what I'll tell you. If you never smoked one of these, because I've smoked a couple of the cigars from, from Ben, and I thought they were good. This is the best one I've smoked. It's from, by far my favorite. Yeah. It's it's actually really surprisingly good. Yeah, I hope you like it. This would have gotten I don't mean surprising. I, I don't mean I don't mean surprising <laughs> in the sense that all the James's cigars are good, but I would have never guessed James made this cigar. There you go. Because it's not like anything I've ever smoked from his factory. Yeah. I think I think Ben's got a got an interesting palette and uh, the soapbox out of the three lines he released this year out of dissident, the soapbox by far. But it's really odd to have a cigar made in a factory where you can't really guess the style of the factory. Like, like if you if you smoke a cigar from our factory, you kind of know it's from our factory. If someone tells you, it's not surprising, because they all have the same kind of DNA, right? Right. Right. But this is completely different than anything I've smoked from James. Well, cool. I think it's good. I think Ben will appreciate that. All this right. Is, I, I told you the grand. If I was bullshitting with Julian in the in the Grand Havana room, I'd smoke this. You did mention that. Yeah. Uh, that's good praise. That's different than the cigar you gave me. Uh, moving on. 
Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, because I'm sitting here going, well, based on what, what I know of the score he gave me and what he was talking about, I'm like, I don't think that's even close. Uh, I'll, I'll bring you a, a soapbox okay. on the no, no, no. <laughs> for our, for our football party. You're no longer a guest. We've got a football go party. That's God okay. damn it. All right. Well, yours, yours is going to cost a lot more than that. Oh, that's true. Booyah. Um... All right. Well, you know how we do whenever we sit down with you, Skip. Uh, if there's anything slightly controversial out there in the scar industry, we're going to bring it up. Uh, for once, it doesn't involve you. Okay. So that's nice. Uh, let's get your take on the whole Davidoff Avo uh, uproar last week. For those of you listening real quick, um, and I'm hesitant to call it a full-blown scandal. I think it was just a very poorly executed marketing strategy. But a lot of folks are up in arms about it. Uh, especially some retailers, rightfully so. So essentially, Davidoff released four new limited releases. Uh, I guess early early in the year, maybe late last year. I don't know. Uh, and they announced that these new limited releases. For those of you listening, I'm using quote fingers. They really, they announced last week that they were actually four existing regular production Avo blends. They basically just repackaged them, changed their names. Hyped them up to get folks to either unknowingly revisit four classic lines or try them for the first time, but they bumped the price up. So you spent more on these things than you would if you just went out and bought the actual regular production line in the store. And when they did the big announcement, they said, you know, we wanted to show you there's so much to discover. The line was called the unexpected line. That there was so much to discover every time you light up an Avo cigar. Now you can keep enjoying our artfully blended and unexpectedly crafted Avo cigars all year round. Their whole thing was you're going to be pissed off because it's so limited. Man, I love this cigar. I can't believe I'm not going to be able to smoke it again. Guess what? It's in every shop. You know, go on in. It's right there. I can see some merit in the strategy, but it seems to me hiking the price up is where they kind of fucked up. Well, it depends. I'll I'll speak on that because I think... If the cigars had been pulled from the market and aged for a while, how do you put a price on time? So my understanding, and I'm not an expert on this whole um, thing that happened, but my understanding was that these were ones that had been in the aging room for six plus years, and they, because they have a pattern of like saving things, mm-hmm. so later they could put like samplers together or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I believe, like you know, they did the Avo sampler that had. All the different LE Avos, LE04, LE05, and I don't know if they remade those or if they had them in. Right. But my understanding was that these had been in inventory for a while. So they were a little more aged than maybe the, I don't know. Yeah, I never got that. I watched the whole re- big reveal and I didn't, yeah, I didn't get that. So let me ask this question before I give you my opinion. So did you see between the launch of the cigar and the reveal? Did you see any reviews or any anybody break down the cigar and give their opinion of it or say, look, I got this LE cigar, it's great, it's better than um, everything else? I think after the fact, I went back and I think I read a Coop review. I, I don't read a lot of reviews just because we review and I really don't want to read anyone else's take on something that we might uh, review ourselves close. someday. I like to kind of go into everything as, as fresh as I can. Um, so, no, I, I hadn't. And, and honestly... Uh, Avo is not really a line I follow. Um, Look, if it was somebody like Risty who was trying to make a point that the majority of the LE stuff in the cigar world is just bullshit, right? And you pay extra for no reason, you chase it for no reason. If it was somebody like Risty who that's his kind of character, yeah. To to do that, I wouldn't really be surprised by it. 
Um, if I was a retailer that bought into it, I think I would go, well, shame on me, because on one hand, you know, a really respected retailer said, look, I, I buy hundreds of boxes of whatever. I'm the largest Avo retailer in the country. So, I, you know, I'm not going to taste a cigar before I buy it. I'm going to buy it because mm-hmm. I trust this company and the business I've done with them, which makes it even more of a violation. And that's where right. I think Jeff at Corona was really one of right. the biggest voices. Like, you know, he felt like it was put a tarnish on his, you know, it was putting his reputation kind well, of. Well, because I asked him kind of in, in <coughs> private, I said, hey, you know, completely don't take this the wrong way. But if I'm a consumer and your whole pitch to me is that. You're going to put something in my hand. You're saying it's worth the money. You're saying that you put your stamp of approval on it. And you're saying that I should smoke it based on your knowledge of what I smoke. Then basically you didn't know. And so you pulled a fast one on me the same way they pulled a fast one on you. And he said, look, I can." that's part of the reason why he was pissed off about it. Because it's like not only did it violate my trust with the company... You you forced me to violate trust with my own customers. And that made sense. And he said, hey, if a customer bought this and they want their money back, then just come see me. And he's selling the rest of his stock at at cost. Yeah, exactly, Uh, which is, is, I guess, the right thing to do. I think um, so. so. On a larger level, separate from the, is it a cool, I mean, I could see five marketing people sitting around a table at some company. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is good. Oh, shit, I got the greatest idea ever. You know, the emperor has no clothes. We're going to reveal to all these experts that this is... I think they waited too... too, They didn't wait long enough to do the reveal. They should have waited for all the bloggers to do their glowing reviews, (laughs) put them on the end of the year list, say how much better this is and everything, anything Avo ever made, and then go, boom, guess what? You know, so... I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, most of our limited stuff, except for craft and a couple other things, they're all the exact same cigar we make, just in a different size. Right. And they're limited in the sense that we don't make a lot of them. Well, the box count's a little different too, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So you can buy smaller quantities. Um, and and anything. The reason why they're a little more expensive is because they're sizes that are harder to roll, or because the box itself is a 10 count instead of a 24 count. So you you know there's a little bit more for that. But uh, in general, if the if the kind of lesson learned is, L, most LEs are kind of a bullshit thing. I mean, we buy most all. All the tobacco from the same... So, for example, we buy our Cameroon from Oliva. Uh, not from tobacco the Jay gum. Cortez Oliva, the but from gum. Gilberto Oliva. Gotcha. Pri- he has a private tobacco business on the side. So, if you take all the Cameroon tobacco that, that they use on their normal Oliva G-Line, that's the, the same... It all comes from the same place. There's no secret Cameroon from Mars, right? As right. Carlos Sanchez says. So... Uh, we get the stuff we get has a lot more color variation. It's a lot darker than than what they generally use, and mostly it's small. Um, to get you know 17, 18s, and 19s, it's there's very few of them. I mean, we had 100 wrappers to make this size. You know, we, maybe we have we just bought another 180 pounds of it from 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 the same source, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to make maybe one of the maybe this anthropology size next year. Uh, five or six hundred boxes or something. So in that sense, it's it's limited because we only have access to so much Jamastron tobacco, so much Cameroon wrapper. It doesn't mean that that tobacco itself is limited. It's just that we as a factory can't get that tobacco. That's what you get. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we have to beg, borrow, and steal to get people to sell us the kind of Jamastron Lajero that we want, right? 
the Honduran tobacco. So, but if you're Julio Aroa or you're Nestor Placencia, that's an every tobacco, everyday tobacco, right. right? So it's limited in the sense there's only so many we can make. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's some secret special tobacco that was found in the back of a warehouse somewhere. There's a lot of that special secret tobacco going around, isn't there? Well, you're going to find a lot more here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole, this speaking of that, the, the whole idea that people are taking old blends or old kind of real close to old blends or old styles mm. and making new cigars with that. Is you're going to see more and more. Of well, that. I, and I think that's what I was getting from Mike's comment with the FDA. Everyone's going to be finding, you know, pre, pre predicate date. Just mystery, there's no mystery, proof. Crates and crates yeah. of mystery cigars. There's no proof that we don't know what the predicate requirements are going to be. But I just smoked a sample of a, a cigar Justin gave me, Justin Andrews, uh, a new Whiskey Rose cigar for Christmas, which it seems late. It should have been released already if it's a Christmas cigar, but. I said, is this a CAO America? He's like, I want you to smoke this. And I was just a CAO America. And he's like, yeah, it's based on that. And so it obviously has a little bit of changes. Mm-hmm. But it was made at A.J. Fernandez, which makes it different. It's beautifully made. And um, I think he showed it to me because it looks a lot like our saber tooth. Like, uh, okay. you know, people are going to say this is, you know, your idea. And I'm like, no, yeah. we stole this idea from the CAO uh, America. CAO America is kind of the grandfather of <laughs> right. all barber poles. No, the exact uh, way we make that kind of layered right. barber pole, that thin barber pole, we got from Esteban making those CAO Americas, yeah. right? Oh, I didn't know he was... Yeah, with, yeah, he worked at uh, STG or Latin w- when those were made, so... Interesting, okay. Yeah. So, no, we... You basically just stole your own thing back. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, nothing new in the industry. That's, there's very that, little yeah. new. Um, sure. Yeah. You're not going to reinvent making cigars. Uh, but people can try like hell, Skip. And try like hell! As, as Sokka says, they're all round and brown, you know. Hey, speaking of Sokka. Yeah. Uh, two days ago, and you mentioned just... You brought up bloggers already a couple times tonight. So might as well can we open up our first beer? Yes, we get, please. Because I need to really be drinking to talk yes. about soccer. Let me, uh, can I take the chocolate down? Is that, is that, yeah, uh, that's how you finish it. my diet tonight? Yeah. By the way, that was extremely good. Mm. You can get fucked up drinking those and not even realize it. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, because you can't taste it. And it's the caffeine great. at the same time as the... Mm. So the first beer we have is uh, from uh, Trillium, which is a... Uh, Craft Beer Company in Boston, Mass. These were sent to us by Mike Damari. Do you know Mike Damari from the Ash Holes? I do not. I also don't don't listen to other cigar podcasts. We'd like to keep it pure, man. You Let's should know Mike Damari. He's uh, he works at Two Guys Smoke Shop. He did. And he oh, he doesn't work there anymore. <coughs> he put his notice in. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Oh, I think he has probably another week left, and then he's uh. Why off, why would he quit that job? Um, Dealing with Mr. Jonathan every day? I don't know. Something about this. So you want to tell us about the beer? Yes. The You, you said uh, it's from Trillium. The PM Dawn is an American stout uh, made with uh, cold brew coffee. Uh, it's a collaborative effort uh, with their neighbors there in Boston, uh, the Barrington Coffee Roasters. Uh has an ABV of about nine percent, and they're really want to low for us. Nine percent. This is a, this is just a get you ramped up. Okay. I expected and, better. And they don't, and they don't really give an IBU. I mean, it must be fairly low. They just it's put a it stout, at, so it's not going to. I be, mean, normally, I put about thirteen. I would say nine. Let's split the difference. 
And uh, Trillium itself uh, has been brewing since um, uh, 2013. They started in March of 2013 and have, with the help of, as they say, with the help of their uh, family, friends, and community, set out to create their own, what they consider to be their own style of beers. Well, clearly they copied uh, Andre's Viaje craft. I was going to say, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you can't really get past it. Is that craft series still kicking around? I have no idea. We talked a lot about that last Ronnie episode. Ronnie sent us a couple of boxes. I think uh, I have uh, I got a little smarty pants, huh? We give them to the UPS driver. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. It is the holidays. Um, oh, this is good. It's really good. It's a good transition from the... Uh, the coffee we just had. It is a very good transition from the coffee we just had. I thought it would go good with the Baca. <clears throat> I'm still, but the Baca reminds me something of something. I just can't quite put my finger on it. Well, we started with the 1916 Cameroon from Tarano, and then it quickly departed from there. The, the War Zone from Espinosa, the new one, is a lot more like, I, I think, the original 1916 Cameroon. Okay. Probably a little bit more bite to it than the original had. Um, He's working for Espinosa now, correct? Who? Toronto? Yes. yes. Jack Toronto, <coughs> yeah. Okay. I thought we'd make it through a podcast without talking about Jack fucking Toronto. I think that's the first time I've ever actually said his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Hector and uh, Justin worked on it um, with Eric Jr. and Eric. It's a really good cigar if you haven't had it. Um, the Warzone? I think it's good, yeah. I mean,. Um, okay. Given that I was kind of in a part of that process as well, before they took over and started over again, uh, I knew I know what kind of challenge it is working with the kind of selection of tobaccos and within the parameters that Scandinavia had for them. So I thought they did a good job with within those parameters. Okay, we'll add it to the list. Um, well, we're talking about Saka and bloggers and Baca and Baca and Moestra de Caca. Moestra de Caca. Oh, skip. So he posted the following on Facebook as a sidebar, I think it was yesterday, to a post where he was he was announcing, I think the, the top cigar lists are starting to come out. Yeah, he, um, he lobbied pretty hard for those. And he was thanking this this, this review site for giving him uh, some, some good placings on it. Which, by the way, stay tuned, we're going to be actually live here on the air night releasing the Tuesday Night Cigar Club's top ten cigars of the year. Tonight? Tonight. Tonight. Well, we do have three and a half hours. How's that for breaking news? Well, I Cody, really, I really don't want to talk much about that movie. Dun, dun. Cody, I'm going to need you to pack all the gear up before he gets to the top two. Oh yeah, we oh, gotta get the fuck out of here after I say. Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> but he was talking about. Uh, he was thanking this site, but then he added this this sidebar at the end, and my ears certainly picked up. And at, I know Skip, you comment quite a bit on bloggers and their roles and how they do their what they do, uh, this might get us in trouble behind us. We'll right. see. You might only get to listen to this show, but with these faces, who could? I'll, uh, I'll walk up to Google and I'll be like, "You're gonna play our episode." Okay, please come on. Uh, so here's what Mr. Saka said that kind of got my interest. I wanted to get your take on it. He said, I do not expect to do well overall on the top list this year, even though... Which it was, is bullshit. Even though it was my best cigar in business year ever. Which is... Okay, I'll give him that one. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, just... I'll pause. Why, he says? I didn't... 
really see all that many reviews of the Leave Me the Hell Alone Lancero, the Sober Mesa Brulee, Mi Carita, or Sin Compromiso. Partly, this is the first part I kind of, huh, partly because I intentionally chose this year to not, all caps, send out samples to the media <laughs> for a second year in a row. That's, uh, okay, I'm calling bullshit on that. I have noticed as a result... DTT, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trade, simply, Tobacco and Trust, sorry, simply receives fewer reviews from not sending out the free samples, and in the case of some bloggers who create top ten, top lists, zero reviews. That's true. So what he's saying right there is, if, if you do like we do, we've never sent cigars to... The only free Roma Craft cigars we've ever got is when we sat down with you. So when we had our first sampler, our first five-count Cro-Magnon Cummins sampler... Uh, kind of like the Iceman coming. I thought it, no one got it, but that's what it was based on. I didn't get. I didn't get it until you just yeah. explained it. So that that was um, 2011 February. Mm-hmm. We did not give a single one away, but most of the new media guys bought a sampler. Uh, a CigarSmoker.com, Barry, Doc Stogie Fresh, Stogie Review, um, Nice Tight Ash. Those guys that were around then, they all bought it. Bought it, which is the way it should be because this is the way I see it is. And not to interrupt Sokka's uh, oh, we'll get back to it. self-masturbatory, whatever the fuck that is. He, you, he's you, a master at it. You give him a lot of shit for it. Dude, I, I love Sokka. We do, too. And I like his cigars. And I know you do. And Esteban's brother makes a lot of his cigars, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we want him to be successful. Because the more people like Sokka that are successful, and Nick and those guys, the less people like the other ones we talked about. But isn't by him saying that, and I say this as someone who reviews cigars, isn't him saying that, one, it sounds like he's trying to kind of cut off at the pass, hey, if I don't get on a lot of lists, I'm going to tell you why. And well, one of these reasons I why said, is because I'm not sending them free <laughs> shit anymore. Right. But then, doesn't that kind of take away from the years he was sending out free cigars? Because he's basically saying he only made... You know, I got on those no, lists no, no, because I, don't, I was giving them free. Sh- I don't think it's. I don't think it that way. I think what he's saying, first of all, is there are people who put in the consensus list at least that comes from sixty different blogs or whatever. Well, now I think you don't even need a blog. You can just write a top ten list. Yeah. This year they announced you can just whatever <laughs> anybody can get whatever it. whatever that thing is built from. And and Charlie and them are very transparent about where they get their numbers from. A lot of those people only review cigars that. Or sent to them, and that's what Sock is saying is. But I didn't get a lot of reviews because a lot of the cigars that weren't sent to people. Number one, uh-huh. not necessarily that you get better reviews because you send people cigars. You just get more of them for sure. Well, for a show like ours, we do twenty-four shows a year. But so but, we're not yeah. like Coop, or we're not like a lot of these right. guys that are on the air every week. You know, our, our show taxes our bodies. Well, but if you we can't do as many. Yeah, but if you listen to any one of those shows, like every ten minutes, there's some kind of ad. Advertisement, right? So, correct. Uh, this is brought to you from the Romacraft Lounge with the Romacraft. Brought correct. to you. We're by only going to have two commercials for you tonight. Right. You know what I love, boys? What do you love? Unique innovation in the cigar industry. And yeah, you do. Who does it better than uh, and more regularly than our buddies over at Drew Estate? I got a really cool cigar. I'd like to tell you, good people, about right now. Just take a second. All right. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grande Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process here that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. That's true. 
That's not fake news. It is not. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky, like our beer, <gasps> are packed into small torquettes. That's bundles of tobacco to you two. Uh, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water's then added, while mints, capital I-M-M-E-N-S-E, all caps, immense pressure is applied to the Torquettes via railroad jacks. Not car jacks. Railroad Railroad. jacks. Not Wolfman Jack. He's not in there pressing them down. He's dead, I think. He is. (laughs) Train jacks. He's probably in the barrel. But if it was Wolfman Jack, it would be incredibly immense. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. It would sound a lot like Alex Jones in there (laughs) pressing this stuff. I got chemtrails up in the sky, but I'm trying to press down this perique tobacco. The tobacco is then removed two to three times per year, shaken out. We've seen this process. Watch our videos on YouTube of the Louisiana Barn Smoker. Then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months. Who's got patience like that in the industry now when you get an idea and boom, it's out there a couple months later. These guys are patient as hell. Drew State. Leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick and mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. Used to be only on the Pappy Van Winkle website. Now you can get them at any Drew Diplomat store. But they also released the Pig Vitola. That is only available on pappyvanwinkle.com. Ah, so I they put I, it out there and they put a new one, but once again, you got to go back to that. I've had several, but I have not had that pig. I wonder what that format does for the does for the board. Oh, we got to get some of those. So, so they should, I mean, to me, like where their revenue comes from really should go to, A, it takes a lot of time to put their shows together. Sure. So they need to be compensated in some way. Two, they have to travel and do other things for their their, their media site. Mm-hmm. So that costs money. Sure. And But the product itself, my opinion, has always been, you could say whatever you want to say about our cigars if you paid your own money for it. Sure. If you went into a store, paid for it with your own money, then you get to give your opinion. And I have no right to say that that's in any way good, good better, and different, right? It's your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you say this cigar sucks, I'll be like, well, you paid your money for it. That's your opinion. You know, thanks for sharing. No. But now, if I give you a cigar, and I expect you to say something good about it in exchange for me constantly sending you cigars. Or nothing at all. Yeah. I will I will say this, not to name any names, uh, because I know, you know, the, let's be let's be honest, the pro, the practice of handing sending reviewers cigars is technically a no-no. Mm, no, no, not to not to media guys. Not to media guys. Cuz they're considered an industry. Oh. You just can't give it to consumers as a marketing effort. Oh. But there is a question about whether paid influencers sh- should be able to, yeah. like, these guys who do new media things, they might have to start doing warnings and stuff because it's a form of advertising, right? I mean, if a consumer puts up on his Instagram, hey, I'm smoking a, a soapbox and this is my opinion of it. I yeah. taste whatever the fuck people taste. Sure. And, and, and they say, I like it, don't like it, you should buy it. Mm-hmm. And nobody's paying them anything and they mm-hmm. paid their own money, then that's... That's First Amendment shit right there. Well, that's I, th- I think we're okay then, boys. Right? If 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 uh, say a big huge company pays for you to come do live sets at their events and they send you a bunch of free stuff and they they pay you and then you promote it, mm-hmm. you may have that's still completely legal. You're part of the industry, but then mm-hmm. I think you have to you have to do the warning stuff just like we do. Well, I would assume if they're part of the master settlement agreement, wouldn't they be part of? Yeah, that? like Drew Estate, for example, not <coughs> or the name. Swisher. Or Swisher, right? 
But your estate uh, is a part of now a part of the master settlement agreement. That's why you have all the warning labels on their T-shirts and stuff, which is ridiculous. But I, if you do if you do a review on a Drew Estate or an ad on a Drew Estate cigar, um, I think technically you're supposed to be doing the you know nicotine is is not a safe whatever the fuck bullshit they make us say. So interesting. Well, we do actually at the beginning of this episode when it when it airs on YouTube. You'll see our Drew Estate. We are sponsored by Drew Estate, proudly. But you'll see that it does have the warning label <laughs> I on, think our, you have to. on our yeah. opening. Yeah. Uh, hey, we co- we're covered. <laughs> How about us? Look at us. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I guess I, you know, I can see your point there. I guess I read it as someone, you know, we we had Sin Compromiso on our on our top ten last year. And I think maybe it's Firecracker. Yeah, he killed it last year, right? Like he um, had quite a bit in the consensus. But... Uh, and then um, he will make an appearance uh, on our top ten spoiler alert this year. Uh, but we bought. I mean, if, if we, I, bought, we bought those cigars. If I was doing the top ten, if I was doing a top ten every year, which I used to do, I used to do a top ten uh, in um, the Smoke Signals blog that I had on um, Blogspot. Real high quality content. I'm sure. Right. But was that I did. The one where you're talking about toothpaste. Yeah, that was one of my best. I, I think uh, I read yeah. that one. Yeah, I did. Read um, that. But the, uh, like for example, one of my favorite cigars that I smoked this year, which I actually smoked before almost anybody, the, the finished product, was the Tricky Traca, which I thought was a really good cigar. And um, I wasn't as big a fan as these guys were on the Firecracker, so the tri- I, I have yet to smoke. It just didn't really appeal to me. I haven't, I be- if I see it out in the wild, I'd get, grab it. I just haven't had a chance to. It's go. really similar to our Cro-Magnon. I mean, it's not, it's not a lot different, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, in fact, a couple of guys at the media house at IPSPR gave me one, and I'm like, are you sure this is not a Cro-Magnon cranium? You know, it's got a lot of the very same characteristics, the way it's rolled, the, the type of, I mean, we get the wrapper from the same source. Um, I know it's different. I know he didn't, like, you know, copy our blend or whatever, but when Raul and Esteban grew up together and Raul influences Saka's cigar making, mm-hmm. um, it's very similar. I liked it. I can't. If I said I didn't like it, then I'm saying I don't like my cigars either. Right? Uh, Except yes. his are like two, two or three dollars more. Uh, so I would know that because there is that. I, we buy them. Well, I, th- I think that that if you're gonna have a blog and you're gonna say something about a cigar, right? I, I think um, one of the things that's kind of missed out of it, like we talk about, like what do you go back to all the time? Like if you were to say, hey, all the new cigars that came out, right? Do you smoke it multiple times? That, and, then, and then based on multiple times through smoking it, that should be your top ten. That is a well, great point. Our top ten list, actually, if you go through the last this year's, it's, it's just based on what we smoke on the show. Yeah. Tut's in love with the Oscar Videra Superfly. We didn't smoke Super, it on the show. The, the Corona, right? Yeah, because the other one's not as good, I don't yeah, think. The Corona is great. Yeah, he smoked, yeah. he's smoking the hell that Superfly, but we didn't do it on the show. So yeah, Gro- Groover gave me one of those in Florida. I really like uh, it. He, he's in love with that cigar, but it wasn't eligible. It's just what we do on the show. We're not I mean, it's a, it's, a little, it's a little racist, but we're not. No, uh, <laughs> but we're not saying these are the top ten cigars out there. We're saying these are the top ten of what we smoke. I mean, there's a little show. culture appropriation, but we'll, moving past that, it's, yeah, a, it's a good movie. <laughs> at least it's a good, good movie. Um, but... What, if you look at the ratings we, we gave it throughout the year, our top ten list isn't going to jive with those ratings. In other words, we could have given a cigar a 90, and on our top ten, it's going to be above a 92, because we went and ended up smoking more of that 90. Yeah, but most of those ratings are bullshit. I mean, most of the ratings are so arbitrary. Um, I mean, they're not 
I mean, it is what it is. But like to, to Mike's point, the, the Padron 1926 Number no. Nine Maduro, that would be on my top ten list. Whenever I walk into a cigar store and buy something that's not my cigar, that's always one of the ones in my hand, right? right. Um, it's simple. It's good. It's always the same. If if I'm tasting weird shit in my own cigars, I'll smoke one of those to see if it's me or if it's the cigar. Kind of get your palate in sync? Yeah, just kind of like a... Uh, like a, like when you, RoboCop has to get his gun <laughs> straightened out. A calibrator. Yeah, calibrator. Yeah, yeah. Calibrator. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some of those... I mean, look, I don't really care if a, if a, if a guy gave you a cigar that you reviewed and you put it on your top ten list. But if you put it on your top ten list and you didn't go out and buy a box or two and two or three years later you're not still smoking it, then I'm calling bullshit on your heart. Correct. Home. I think you and I got not into it, but I think we had a discussion a while back on Facebook where you, you'd mentioned that and I took a picture of my humidor and I'm like, look, there's four boxes of silver maces. Yes, I... You know, I just I fell in love with the cigar. I still smoke the cigar once a week. I just I really you know that cigar just really did it for me. Uh, whereas you know the one I was waiting for, me Corita, the Broadleaf, didn't. I mean that shocked the hell out of me. That that was you know my. Well, it's like thinking about this movie, right? Mm-hmm. If if you put on Goodfellas, I've seen it 50 times. I'm gonna watch it again. And if I'm going through the DVD collection, I'll go, oh, man, Goodfellas, good time to watch that. And I'll watch it. Shawshank Redemption. I'm never watching this movie again. If it comes on... Life's too short. Yeah, I'm never watching this movie. Life is too short. So if you say you love this movie, then it's got to be like Goodfellas is to me. It's got to be something you're going to want to watch all the time. Tut's already watched it three times. But okay, so going back to the review, does it have to be a new cigar that just came out this year? No. Well, every no. every every list has its own rules. We have no we have no rules as far as okay. Uh, so if it's been around for a long time, but you just keep for going instance, back to it. one of the top one of our top ten every Saint, our Saint big Saint Patty's Day episode. That's a big episode for us because we drink so goddamn much. But we always do a Candela. The world of Candelas. <laughs> isn't on a new as far as new Candela releases is not something you know we could. I know that Don Bosco came out it's pretty hot. I, I'm not a fan of it, but we do make the best Candela in the game. Well, we fa- we're big fans of the Fomorian. Uh, yeah. We've all smoked it aside from the show, but we found one finally on this on our, this year's St. Patty's Day list, St. Patty's Day episode that we're like, this is the best Candela we've had on the show. We've had since the Fomorian. Well, we never featured that on the show. Oh, I got you. Yeah. I think we got like two at Havana House. It can't be as good as the Fomorian, though. We'll see. We'll see. Can you guess it? I don't really care. <laughs> oh, probably the Illusion, the, the Holy Land. I would say Illusion makes a great Candela at Aganorsa. It's not the Illusion. The old Camacho Candela, the old uh, La Flor Double Claro. Those are all good. To me, it has to be really strong filler for it to work. Here's our first. We're giving away a few things tonight. Is that correct? Sure. Sean, is that right? Giving away, giving away. He just some, woke up. What, he just snapped him out of his nap. <laughs> Are we giving away some swag? Give it away. Sure, we'll give a, we'll give a. Well, I'm gonna give a Roma thing for somebody who, who says that another Candela is better. Oh, it's gotta go. <laughs> no. Someone, we're on Facebook Live right now. First one who comments which Candela we smoked this St. Patty's Day episode. They make them do a little bit of research, uh, and they have to say that it is the second best on the market after the, the Fomorian. In the comments section. In the comments section, they have then to we'll phrase a, we'll it we'll give them a weasel way. hat like mine. They will get a weasel hat just like Skip's. Right. There you go. By the way, dope dope hat. That is a very nice hat. High quality craft. Sales at uh, cigarweasel.com. Do we get parting gifts? <laughs> yeah, you have hat? to send an email to... Just like everything, we don't have a website where you can buy swag, but yeah. 
if you don't win this, like say you're the second commenter and you feel a little sour about the whole thing, you can buy one for a fairly good price. You just have to send an email to Sean at uh, sales at cigarweasel.com. Okay. Tell him what size New Era fitted cap you wear. Okay. You got big ones? Uh, these actually fit a little bit. Uh, you have to They're, get one yeah. size smaller than normal. So yeah. Oh, okay. Then our old hats. Okay. So I wear like a medium large. Yeah. Okay. You have to have a huge melon to wear a large. Yeah, extra large. Yeah, they're yeah. big. Like Rudy, Rudy from Arizona has probably has needs a an extra large, triple extra large. Um, was, was it the uh, wasabi? It was the wasabi from Espinosa. Ah, phenomenal cigar, and that was not a new release. That was, was it that. different than the pickle juice, or is it the same cigar? So was it phenomenal for a candela, or the is it just phenomenal? I wanted to get the pickle juice. We couldn't get our hands on any pickle okay. juice, so I got I got like the last. See, that would box be a good of question of would the limited releases that are different. I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't, like, I don't think you missed out much not smoking a pickle juice. Not smoking the pickle juice? But the wasabi is a good candela. It's a really good candela, yeah. I think Hector learned a few things from our from Orion. I, uh, he put a little stronger tobacco in it. Well, I'm, there... I'm going to go out on a limb and say... Uh, and again, it's not even available anymore. But it made our top ten because we loved it. And if you, there's still boxes floating around there. Hunt it down. I mean, that's kind of the fun part of it. I'm sure the, the way retailers work, man, there's a retailer with a box of them on the shelf going, I can't fucking sell these things. They're very, it's a very, very good at a very. At a, if I remember correctly, did anyone guess good. it? Do we have a winner? Yeah, Luis Rodriguez. Oh, he, there you go. Luis, he needs a weasel hat. Uh, fucking a. I, that would have sucked if they didn't guess it. and Touch just blurted it out. I'll tell you. It's not funny, how this works, Touch. <laughs> so since Luis is watching, I'll tell you first uh, a story about Luis. Okay. Because he's like is the he most. State line? He's the most loved, hated guy in the. State line. I don't tobacco? have an issue with him, huh? State line tobacco. State line. Yeah. So we had a at Bourbon Street. We had our uh, our party at IPCPR, and we had all these boxes on the table, just like, hey, pick a cigar, smoke one, whatever. All did, crammed he, outside on a smoking on a patio. Yeah. On so a he he went he went through the boxes. He was just like picking them up, like uh, no Which shame. Which is what they were there for. Yeah, right. that's so what I mean. Somebody goes, hey, that guy's stealing all your cigars. I'm like, they're for free. They can't steal them. So em. you'll autograph yeah. his weasel hat. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's definitely a weasel. You get a personalized message. Zero from shame. Uh, he's well, a good dude. there's a second part of Steve. He likes to write. There's a second part of Steve's sidebar that I want to get your take on. He's spoken. Another trend I have noticed, this is Steve talking, is that some of the bloggers lately have been becoming very groupthink. Like, one of the things I've always liked about the new media was their fresher, independent approach, but that seems to be waning. Maybe I'm wrong. It will be interesting to see where it goes. And DTT does really marginal with the print media as a whole, which we know is history with Scarfish Nato. Uh, I'm persona non grata to some, and since I failed to advertise with others, since the inception of Dunbar and I no longer get any reviews, I don't hold it against them. It's not any reviewer's responsibility to be fair. Reviews are opinions. <laughs> Topless are opinions. Everyone has the right to like what they like, dislike what they dislike, and ignore whatever they wish. This is all part of the business of cigars. Um, and then he went on about, you know, his cigars speak for themselves and he's confident uh, in all that, which he should be. Um, the group think and the changing of the way new media, new media being, you know, us and, and people like us and similar. Again, to me, that just kind of seemed like cutting a potential situation off at the pass. If I... If I'm not on a lot of lists, the, the, the landscape is changing. The, 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 the reviewers are changing. Well, here's what you got to know about Saka. He is the most, 
and this is my opinion, he, he is constantly worried that something he's doing is not going to work. But at the same time, 100% cocksure that it's the best thing ever done, right? So there's always this underlying kind of kind of like second guessing of yourself until it comes out and everybody sucks you off and then he's it like, seemed, oh, of course I made it. It, it just seemed premature to me. These lists have just started coming out and it's already like, here's two reasons why I'm not going to make some lists if I don't make them. Here's the, the, they're changing and I'm not giving them free stuff. And as someone who does this kind of stuff and who loves Wait, look, we've talked to Steve a lot of time. I like Steve. He'll, he'll show up on every list. He'll show up at the top of every list. Either it'll be Brulee or it'll be Tricky Traka. I, I think Tricky Traka will be in the top three consensus cigars. If it's not, I'd be really surprised. I think the real debatable question is, is it sweet-tipped or not? What, uh, the Brulee? Brulee? Well, yeah. of course it is. Everybody knows. What do you guys think about a sweet binder? No. Because he swears it's not a sweet If you tip. want my opinion, I'll t- my learned, kind of informed opinion, not knowing anything about what really happened is they put some sweetener in the gum. Uh-huh. Whoever fucking mixed the sweetener when they made the Toros made it really sweet. That's what we smoked. Gave it away. And then he went and beat the shit out of them for it. <laughs> and then they, they really dialed it back to almost nothing the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. But he swears... But the whole that. story about it being specially aged Ecuador, Connecticut, and that's why it's sweeter, uh-huh. that's Saka being Saka. But what he's saying is not wrong. What he's saying is that... There is a little bit of a group think thing happening, and I think that's true because um, while there's a few kind of odd guys on, and I don't mean odd, like an, I mean odd, like out of Outsiders. the mainstream sure. guys that are on YouTube that kind of do their own thing, and some of them are just completely. We're sitting right here. They're Steve. horrible. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I don't, even, I don't want. I have no problem saying names, but fuck that guy. So I'm not even gonna give him any juice. But um, they, they. they they, they are a lot more kind of in their own, um, swimming in their own juices. Well, they're, they're, well, each other? Yeah, so like they have podcasts where it's all the bloggers talking about inside baseball that, mo- you know, used to it used to be just some guy who loved cigars sharing his opinion about mm-hmm. cigars. Yeah. And every now and then there was a little bit of juicy information about the industry, right? Which it's become almost all like, you know, gossip about the industry yeah. they're feeding each other yeah and it's yeah it's like exactly so I, I wouldn't say um, I would say it's more that they're becoming mainstream because you know used to be when I was writing a, a blog that was the exception I mean everybody read Cigar Aficionado everybody read the trade ma- you know whatever the magazines were and the new media quote it wasn't even new media we were bloggers and the blog was if you for some reason read one every now and then you were an exception and now I would say most more people get their information from about the industry from Half Will and, and Coop and other places than, than as, as much as they get it from Cigar Aficionado like this year's Cigar Aficionado hand to God I haven't even looked at what they are yet I know they've released like three or six of them now. No, they're all the way up to number one. They only haven't Two, announced yeah. number one. Okay, yeah. So I haven't looked at any of them, but I could tell you it's. I could tell you who it is. You know, it's Rocky. It's it's Who's Alan Rubin. Who's it's uh, it's the same people, right? And then there'll be a couple of small guys thrown in there. Dion got high. Yeah, like a Cigar Coop did an analysis on every year for the last twenty years or something, and you can see there's like ten or fifteen companies that are like eight out of you know. 18 out of 20 years or 16 out of 20 years whatever the fuck they made this year that's what's go- something's going on the list 
if somebody in your fam- somebody that was real f- famous, a legacy in the business, passed away that year, it made the list. Um, Albo didn't make it. And then there was always like two or three kind of down at the bottom, like you know when we were on there one year. Uh, Nick so, was on there, yeah. So yeah. They'll, they'll throw out, you know. But I think that goes back to there's also there's obviously an influence based on the accessibility of the manufacturer on how high some of the guys are rated in the bloggers in the bloggers yeah that's for sure right yeah so but if you go into an average cigar lounge and you say hey did you guys read that story on half wheel today they're like what like i don't even know what that is right almost every cigar lounge you go into nobody knows what half wheel is of course we all know because i look at it twice a day people in the industry do but most average people don't i mean coop maybe around the same different maybe a different kind of people but I, I guess I took the group thing, and again, I'm coming at this from a different angle. You guys are coming at it from, you know, manufacturer. I'm coming at it from kind of the people he's talking about. But like, th- there's nobody more outsider than us when it comes to this kind of. You don't see us sitting on any, or getting invited to sit on any other. Well, he's in his feelings. In his feelings. Uh, I mean, hasn't he been in every barn smoker oh in the man. last? Yeah. I mean, well, we get to do other fun things okay. than sit around with a bunch of fat guys talking about cigars. <laughs> as fun as that is. Uh, but no. Um, but I guess hearing that whole group think, it just seemed to me, you know, it seemed like early in the gestation of Dunbarton, there was the group think in a positive way in that everyone was so anxious to try his blends, everyone ranked them number one, number two. It was the top consensus cigar two years in a row. We were, you know, we're in the consensus. We had it high up. We loved it. But it just seems like that was groupthink in that new Steve Saka cigar. Everyone's salivating for it. Everyone loves it. And so I guess it's a shift from a good groupthink that you know kind of sw- I, mean, I see what you're saying what you're your, saying is swings your way you're saying it's a double-edged sword you you're saying if if you think these are negatives then you're saying when you were on the list that they're positive correct or or just dis- discounts you being on the list before that's one way to look at it yeah i don't know look at the end of the day man it, what it is is it's guys who really love the cigar business they spend a lot of their own personal time putting these things together I don't think any of them are making a living off of it, except for maybe the half wool guys. Yeah. Um, because it, have you seen their ad rates? It's like I can't afford it. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, so I can't afford it. So um, they're doing good, and they do a lot of work. They do good work. So like at the end, we wouldn't be where we are as a company if it wasn't for new media in general. Whether that's social media, or whether that's Facebook, or whether it's uh, bloggers, you know, YouTubers. Um, we did. We never had the money to advertise the way these other companies advertise, and we didn't have money to travel and put cigars in people's hands the way you, you had to do it back in the yeah, old it's, days. It's actually just an investment in time and effort just to reach out and communicate with people. Which, you know, to your credit, you guys and Saka are some of the best at it as far as customer interaction on social media. We we probably do more work reaching through to customers than we do to the new media guys. I, I personally listen to probably more cigar blogs and podcasts than any other human being. Uh, I can almost guarantee that. Number one, because I don't sleep. And number two, because I, at least six hours a day, I'm listening to something. Yeah. So, um, and there's some good stuff out there. There's some. I do not. Mike does not. Uh, there's some good stuff out there. There's some stuff out there that's not 
But, you know, our thing as a company has always been generate demand with consumers by going direct to consumers and then having the consumers push their way into the retailers to buy our cigars and then pick up guys like Tyler or other kind of influencers within the shops and say, hey, if you're a fan of our cigars, we you support us, we're going to support you. And, um, you know, we sell decent cigars at a, at a fair price and, um, you know, uh, we want people to buy them again and again and again. I think, and the reason I brought it up, I know obviously you and Saka kind of comment on each other's stuff a lot. And Com- he doesn't really comment on my stuff. Well, he's he's too was, above it. I was but, being nice. Yeah. Uh, but um, being that I know you're a fan of his of his blends, and we certainly are, and we're a fan of Saka. We talk to Steve like once a year or once every year. I mean, he's always been good at the show, and I'm a, I really like Steve. I just think you two guys tend to comment on what we do more than most manufacturers, if they comment on us at all, other than to say they like us. I try to comment as a fan, as a cigar smoker. I try not to look at it through the lens of being a cigar maker. Right. Like, I don't really I don't really get wrapped around the axle about what you have to say about my cigar. No, I mean, you do kind of, you know, jump in there and comment when someone's picking up some unique, uh, shall we say, notes. I think... I think tasting notes are kind of bullshit, but that's my personal opinion. It's either good tobacco or it's bad it's t- tobacco. Yeah. If I laid out four kinds of filler, could you tell me what's uh, Pueblo Nuevo, what's Kiali, what's Jalapa, what's Dominican Allure? I think of course I could, you couldn't. I think I could get half of those right. I bet you couldn't. Well, you know. I'd bet you $1,000 you couldn't pick two out of the four. The Tuesday correctly. Cigar Club, Skip, has traveled to every tobacco farm in the United States for two, two years running. And if it's American tobacco... Yeah, I, I don't know shit about American <laughs> tobacco. Your guys. So well, let's talk about what do you think about the PM Dawn? I liked it. Fade away into... Uh, I mean... Memory bliss? Memory bliss. There we go. Obviously being Set adrift, adrift with, the, with the coffee, I really like that. I mean, went, that went really well with the cigar. It's kind of like a heavy Guinness. Like a little little thicker Guinness. It's a little sweeter, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. It actually, Yaks reminds me of last episode when we did the 32K... Um, 35k, 35k from yes. against the grain in Kentucky. They do. They, we did their milk stout. It mm. is very similar to that, but I don't think it's. I don't think it has lactose in it. No, it does not. This this one uh, is just uh, stout with that with the right. cold uh, uh, cold brewed it's, coffee. It's got a very similar on the front end, but uh, it's it's smooth. I, I really like. It. And the, and the coffee's not. You know me with coffee stouts. It's <clears> it's <throat> very very smooth. I like it. I can tell you, our street cred as a company with beer, is pretty high. We get uh, beer guys that come in here and, like, really hardcore brewers from all over the country who are, like, geeking out geeking out over the beers we have and the way we have it set up. Uh, yeah, it's kind of impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's dope. What was the guy that happened yesterday that came over? It's, uh, the guys from Abilene. Yeah, so some brewers. Yeah, new brewers from yeah, Abilene. They came over last yesterday. They were the 512 guys, they love coming yeah. over here. Oh, yeah, we're 512 fans. Yeah. Uh, Porter. In fact, do we still have 512 on tap? No. Our tap doesn't get drank enough. Uh, we don't go through kegs fast uh, enough. We are picking up the Two-Hearted Ale tomorrow. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, the Bell. What's the uh, What's the other one? Uh, Spirit Animal? No. Uh, Spirit Animal we just finished. Victory at Sea. Oh, yeah, the... Uh, Victory at Sea? Ballast Point. Yeah. Uh, the Barrel Age Victory at Sea. Okay. So we have a good source for kind of mini kegs of really hard-to-find craft stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they trade local stuff for the really hard to find oh, stuff, nice. which okay. is not hard to find necessarily in a bottle. But, okay. but to get it in the but two hearted ale is like a classic. 
Yeah. I mean, we, you could drink that. We've done it on the show. Super yeah. sessionable. Um, all right. Well, back Did to... Did we answer your question? So, yeah. Bells... Do you feel like it? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, PM Don. So, what are we pouring next? The... Um, while, they're, while they're pouring. I mean, did you feel like you got... Yeah, no. The I mean, Hawaiian one? Uh, as far as Cigar the City? top ten lists? And the how, yeah, just how you, how you responded. Look up, how you thought yeah, I know I did. I, I, I wanted to get your take. Because like I said, I think it was just me reading it through my lens. No, I, I could understand why you would feel kind of that way. Like, like there's a... like. You know, if did, I don't make the list, it's because of this. But yet, if I do make the list, like, I just thought it was. Pre- I thought did it was Saka send you free cigars this year? No, no. Okay, has he ever sent you cigars before? Not last year and not this year. So what he's saying is true. Yes. Right. So uh, at least for you, D- did uh, before did you have him on lists? On the list of free of cigars? your top ten. Yes, he's made. I believe he's made our list at least. Does him sending you not sending you cigars this year reduce his chances? No, he's he's high on our list. Ooh, what if you did a we'll pass top beer ten sure. of all no, the, the free the, cigars oh. that you top guys got, right? And then a top ten of all the paid cigars that you got. Ooh, that would be interesting. All right, this right is there. the. Una, I don't think Una we could make a top ten of the paid cigars we got. <laughs> we do a top three, do right. And the beer. Uh, technically, tradition, or traditionally, the cigars we get for free are ones you do not fare well with us. Oh. Do you um, still review them, or do you just not yes, say anything about? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, it's Mayan, not uh, Hawaiian. Because that, yeah. that's kind of the thing, right? It's like, dude, if you don't like it, Mayan. Like, why roast it? The thing. We, we are not in the business to bury a cigar. Here's how we come about putting a cigar on the show, which is the, uh, we're the only ones that kind of have this criteria. It should be similar. To Somebody sends us okay. a a uh, great white shark warhead cigar. You just said the warhead cigar. They send us five warhead cigars for your consideration or whatever. Mm-hmm. If by some chance we so put it put it in the the drawer of the submitted cigars which are mixed in with the ones I bought just in case. Okay. And let's say we're doing a movie, let's say we're doing Dr. Strangelove. And it fits the theme. It fits the theme. Hey, I got a bomb cigar to go with this bomb movie. Let's get a prairie bomb beer. We got to make the three work somehow, at least loosely thematically together. So that's how we pick our cigars for the show. So Sometimes what? we wrap it around the cigar, like with the right. the Sober Mesa Brulee this year. That's the only Sockus cigar we got on the show this year. We did a Sasquatch movie because it was Halloween. We're doing horror movies. Sockus Squatch. We did a Bigfoot horror movie, and then we found a Bigfoot beer, and it just it just has to, it, that has to fit. Sure. And a lot of people send us cigars that I just either like I said we only do 24 shows. You can't get to them all. But if I want to really watch a movie that I can make it work, sure, perfect. So what cigar would you pair with City Hall? Uh, I've been trying to get you to do... A cigar that no one's heard of. So no one no one knows this, but one of my favorite movies, my top ten favorite movies of all time, City Hall. Skip's been trying with to With Al Pacino and uh, Danny Aiello uh-huh. and John Cusack. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. And I've been trying to get... Cade to get this movie on. I've been trying just to get this him to is, watch This it. has been going on for years, Skip, trying to get it. It's the best again. movie you've never seen. <laughs> That's right. Never seen it. <laughs> never seen it! <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about the beer. This, uh, the Hanapu 
is a it's a limited release from uh, Cigar City Brewing, oh, uh, located in Tampa, Florida. Uh, the oh, people say it is this. based on the Mayan mythology of uh, Hun Hunapu, who was the father of the Mayan hero Tim. twins Hunapu and I'm gonna say <laughs> another yeah. dude, blue, another dude, Jib- yeah. Uh, anyways, so, so it's an so imperial stout. Bit, yeah, it should be very similar to Prairie. It's got cacao or cocoa. It's got uh, vanilla, chili. So it's very. It should be. It's similar to Prairie. I've never had it. Okay. I've had the normal one, the normal release. But there's some. This is like a limited barrel age release or something. What I've is the ABV on this bad boy, Yaks? It is eleven and a half percent. Yeah, it's a little, it's a sessionable. Right. Still, we're in that range. Okay. <laughs> Just warming up. Okay. But it's interesting how it compares to the last beer, because it's an imperial versus American stout, so it's heavier. Yes. Oh, it's got a. Uh, it's got that chili pepper finish. Yeah. It's got uh, uh, ancho on the back for chilies. Sure. Way more cocoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they said there's uh, cinnamon, uh, cocoa nibs. Yeah. The, the, these glasses, by the way, these. Um, I don't think these beers are made to drink the way you drink beer. Like, if you drink them in these little glasses, mm-hmm. different ones, it's a whole lot better way to approach drinking these kinds of beers, I think. If yep. you drink one of these whole bottles, A, you're going to be fucked up. If you, and then... And then B, it's it's too much. Well, reminds, I think it reminds me. Did you ever do the thing when you were a kid where you pour a shot of beer into a shot glass a minute and see how many you can do? <clears throat> Is it a car bomb? Like on the steps any, of the ladder? Or the, any beer, you just get the, a shot glass. Yeah. The frat thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A shot a minute okay. of yeah, just yeah, yeah. beer. I thought you mentioned when you drop it. Yeah, and, this uh, is the oh, way. Flaming Dr Pepper. Yeah, yeah. This is the way to do it though. Um, I think. Well, Skip, have you finished your top 20 list of cigar blogs and media sites yet? Or no, I, I've made it super clear you're that... you to see how you rank? Of course. Okay. Yeah, of course, how we do on your list heavily influences. Well, same here. We were waiting to see if this event was going to take place before we completed our list. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to see if you guys brought out you know, the good stuff. And well, let me ask you a question. Does how, how much you like the manufacturers, or does that play into... It can't. He doesn't really like me. That's, I mean, that's, I don't. Skips. I don't. You know the whole thing is. I'm a Tuttle. I'm in Camp Tuttle. Yeah. Okay. You like the doctor. Too. I'm in Team Tuttle, and yeah. I like the doctor. Yeah. I don't know. I, I call bullshit on that. I think that uh, depends on how much. What? What, what? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying how much people are. Well, like how friendly they are influences course, the reviews. Well, let me say this. We we've kind because of because I don't smoke anybody's cigar that I don't like. Well, that just is, won't. Well, yeah, if anybody's a dick, on the on the opposite side of the spectrum, sure. anybody's a dick to us, Right. yeah, good luck with right. with us ever. If I don't like the guy, it influences this. Name a name. a name. Who's been a dick to us in the industry? Ooh, that's good. Because you, you, yeah, you got you you to name a name. Look at me. Do you know something? I can't think of any names out there. Nobody that's been a dick to us to our face. Oh. Well, of course. Hey, well, hang on a second. Well, let's ask this question. Do you guys go to IPCPR? We went last year. You went last year. Okay, so did you have any They spent all their time in the Drew Estate booth. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're, we're, you're we're kind of, they were supposed to come to our booth in. and never they were, yeah. We did. You guys were always busy. We are always busy. Well, that's that's what we everybody are. says. Like, it's a bad we did, thing. We didn't have an appointment. Actually, I showed up to the after party and you, like, 
put your hand in my face and shove me away. <laughs> That's so bullshit. <laughs> I probably grabbed you by the balls. Actually, we walked and in, and beer in your hand. was behind the DJ booth. I thought we were in the wrong room. Uh-huh. And uh, but then the cops <laughs> showed up, and it was over like five minutes later. Uh, no, we, we went to GPR last. We didn't get kicked out last year. Well, he asked DJ real. Uh, Money DJ, Rockstar okay. DJ, yeah, yeah. Money DJ. That is a long name for play, DJ. He asked him to play Travis Tritt. Oh, and yeah. didn't go get well. Get that bullshit out yeah. of here. Uh, but no, every everyone. But I asked for the club mix. <laughs> I'll give you a, I'll give you an example, Mike, of someone who's been doom, extremely doom, nice doom, to doom, us. Doom, doom. That we try because of the way he's treated us. Unlike Skip, he's mean as shit to me. That's so true. It is so true. <laughs> uh, this is a dude that. Treats us very well, so we try at least every other year, just because of the the way we've kind of developed and we, we communicate sure. with him. He doesn't get a lot of love in blogs and reviews and and. Uh, Are we talking about Sokka again? We're talking about Daniel Marshall. Oh, great guy. A little bit eccentric, but very eccentric. Yeah, he's been on our show. His humidors are great. I don't know that he completely understands what you do. Like I don't understand. Actually, actually, yeah, because a lot of times when people say, "Hey, we love what you do for the industry. We love what you're doing." What do we do? <laughs> Whatever you do. Is no, good. the way, exactly. you know, he, gentlemen, actually, the way you bring movies in with the with the industry, no one else, like he gets he, he gets it. And he was I mean, on our show. We told we tell everybody thirty minutes for an interview. Two hours later, we're still talking to him. But were you poor drunk? Pete, poor Pete Johnson. Oh my God, we we kept him like. Two hours late the other night. But, but Daniel but, actually talked about an individual episode. He was like, "Hey, that people under the stairs that you do." <laughs> Did he? Was, yeah, yeah he actually watched it and he gets it. Yeah. And then we went to IPCBR and he had Val, uh, who was working his booth for him, you know, give us some whiskey and just kind of just we ended up just talking it. He's just the nicest. He's a super and his, nice guy. And his backstory is so interesting on how he got into. I loved seeing him in um, the uh, handrail. Yeah. 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 Um, because when I think back to that kind of when I started smoking cigars, he was one of those guys that I was like, you know, it's yeah. part of the story. Yeah, so. absolutely. And so we try at least every other year to get a Daniel Marshall cigar on the – because he's great friends with Arnold. Usually if we're doing an Arnold movie, we'll get <laughs> Daniel Marshall in there. So you and I had a lot of editorial notes on the hand roll. So I haven't watched that your episode of that yet. Yeah, uh, You should watch it. Uh, basically – we did bring up when we were discussing the film. You know, you and I kind of felt the same way as far as the editing, uh, how the FDA thing got kind of dropped in early, forgotten about, and the consumer thing was weird. And, and uh, we, we kind of. I we, can tell you that the the cut we saw at the trade show uh-huh. was not near as polished as the cut that actually came out on Netflix. I think what came out on Netflix was exactly what they intended as far as focusing on the traditional right. families. Right, right. Making that the story. I still think the FDA thing was kind of fitted in, kind of at awkward. I, I thought it could have been a little more streamlined. Uh, the, why this is important to know this history. And, and I mean, I, I'm still a little upset I didn't get my cameo. Hey, it was about the old families. Yeah. I mean, I we, mean, Nick and Pete and those guys were in there. Salty. But, you no Sokka. No Sokka. There was no Sokka. There was no Sokka. Which I'm sure really bothers Sokka more than it bothers me. But <laughs> Well, it was just weird. For us... We'll be in hand-rolled, too. For us, I'll be honest, for us having spent... Well, we, talked, we talked with Pete about that. We're like, you know what? The next movie... The Segundo. Hand-rolled, hand-rolled too. The Gringo. The Gringo Casino. No, but we talked about Pete. I was like, you know what? We think this, the natural sequel 
which is something that we've been talking for years about. Could be talk about to all the people who got put out of business next May. Fan, well, no, we, <laughs> that would be the most depressing thing we ever. No, we, we talked about exploring. Mike this. and I have already decided we're going into the uh, CBD oil, um, massage oil business. Uh, Mike rubbed something on my shoulder earlier. It was hurting me. I feel, yeah. I feel great. Like a champ. If you masturbate awesome. with it, oh. you wouldn't believe <laughs> the, the effect. He's got a great ass. Yeah. Tell, what are our restrictions? Have you ever masturbated with CBD oil? I, I have not. Is that like cocaine? I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. It's a miracle worker, baby. I'm just saying. It. Think about it. Think about it. Uh. It's hard to clean up. He just nutted right now. I, I'm See that? Sure. He, just, he just lost these. <laughs> the cleanup's a challenge. Yeah, I'm just but. picturing Riss stay at home taking notes. <laughs> um. But no. Um. What the fuck was I? I, I wish I could see the comments from the. Uh, uh, Tut, we getting some traffic? People watching? Oh yeah. Okay. When you share this, and what yeah, do, what if do we you, have any interesting questions? What are your there? two groups? Uh, degenerate weasels and Weasel Team Six. Our group is Weasel Team Six. Weasel Teams. Do we need to yeah. share this uh, live video in Weasel Team Six? Because th- those correct. are your those are your people. Yeah. Already done. Sean's on. Look at Sean on the case. Yeah. Sean's over there. Sean's that a man. Barbecue, Sean was not here when we were here last time. No. no. Um, Sean, I think Sean Danny had ju- actually yeah. Danny had just started. Oh, so you have yeah. You met John, oh he met John earlier. John D Oliver is uh, was a new hire. Okay. And then we, no, I've met we, John. We, John and Danny don't have permission to be out this late with us. Uh, it's considered work. I oh, I yeah. can understand this. I had to work for months to get permission for yeah, this. They got bankers hours. I mean, they got it made. Yeah. Um, like I said, I completely. We got By the some, way, I'm got, still smoking this soapbox because I don't want to put it down. It's really good. Awesome. Well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Ben will be happy. So you've already lit up your. I've actually arm. I've actually lit up the craft. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, Are those guys uh, James smoking? and Angela? No, he's got Not one. Yet. No. I'm holding on. But but it's good to see you're Ben. A collector. I'm glad, I'm glad you're a collector. Sorry. You're a collector. You, you no 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 no. I'm just waiting for everybody else to get to the cigar so I can light up. Which one? Did you smoke the the, the box? Which one? Which yeah, I smoked the box. Okay. Oh, I okay. Up, so All right. So we're, we're lighting up. Oh, okay. okay. Well, right. We're going to be drunk by the time we get to the um, LA. Yeah, no, uh, we're we're big fans of, of Blackworks and what they do and, and James's blends and uh, and I I just, you know, we we actually met Ben when we did our remember we did our first episode at of TJ's? TJ's? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was working at TJ's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then soon after he Well, went that's on. when I sat and told um, was it uh, Matt and David is the owner. Matt and, and Ben, I told them that they were dumb to get Oh, in. they were going to open up their own cigar shop. Remember yeah, that? They so were you guys are about. fucking idiots. Really? Yeah. So then we're going to well. come up with their own brand. I'm like, that's dumb. But actually, hey, kudos. <laughs> Look at that. Don't listen to me. The world comes full circle. It's a good cigar. It's a really good cigar. Uh, I would not have brought it if I didn't feel confident in it. Way better than when those slap dicks Ryan and Gordon were making it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's Ryan and Gordon? The guy he bought. See, you, yeah, don't you don't even know. Your history, you don't even know. I'm not cigar coop. Ryan, 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 you wouldn't know. Him well, hang on. Let, let's take it back. Yeah. So they're, they're, they used to work at a shop in, called the Humidor in, in, Wich- in Wichita, Kansas. In Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. And they used to throw the cigar circus, the livest parties. Okay. Like after 10:30, whatever, they move everything out, and they had a DJ come in, and it was all the way live. So they decided to talk the owner of the cigar shop into fronting the money to making their own. Their own brand to make their own brand, and so, uh, you know, it went kind of well. That's, we where dissident, well. that's where that's where dissident started. came from. Oh, right? they were the original dissident. Yeah, right. and okay. Ben bought it from the right. shop owner. Correct. Yeah. 
And that's where it comes from. Because Ryan, Ryan got born again sober and, and Gordon Ooh, moved know. to a different shop. Is that shop. true? Is he yeah. sober? Yeah. Well, I know, yeah, Ryan. I know, I know he was He's still He's like involved his... in film festivals yeah, and stuff yeah. now. See, I'm real friends with people. Okay. You were friends with them when they could when just they can, do something When they could buy? You. When they could buy stuff? Right. Like, no, right. actually, that's not true. I still talk to Gordon all the time. Tuesday Night Therapy I, I still talk Club. to Ryan. Okay. I, I like his pictures. Yeah, but does that count? Yeah, no, that doesn't count for Skip even occasionally likes one of my pics. Usually it's like my kid. Yeah. No, nothing we're Mike doing. only gets on Facebook when I comment about him. Yeah. What am I supposed Here's to the right thing. Num- number one, I'm not a big fan of Facebook. Crap. So 2019. I just like your bourbon picks. There you go. Anyway. Uh, what, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the... Tut and I have, and Cody have lit up the craft. What is... Mm. is it? So this is next year's craft, this correct? No, this year. Oh, this is Je- the one that we got at Jeff's shop. Yeah, n- last, next year's is we've started... We've already, st- we've already, we're already three-fifths of the way making it in... Um, it's going to be 1,500 boxes of 10, and it's going to be released to 10 retailers, so 150 boxes. Oh, so that's different, not just a single retailer. You're going to yeah. offer it to several. So okay. it's going to be uh, 150 boxes times 10, 10 retailers. Okay. So I'm sure it'll last an hour or so before it's... These went really, really fast. Yeah. Uh, there was a very simple way to get them, but a lot of people didn't quite... You know, look, we don't make them hard to get, but we just, you know... Well, it is what it is. Well, it's a challenge, right? Because These are hard to make. I mean, you have to you have to actually physically touch this cigar about five times to make it. Sure. Compared to like two on a normal cigar. So, so, so I had a retailer that we sent out earlier in the year, last year, the Black Irish, which, which was the uh, it had the Candela Barber Pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And big fan. Which so, we uh, reviewed on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club website. Go check it out. We liked it. Very very nice. Thank you. So. Skip didn't share that not one. Not a big fan. Oh, anyways, that's really? okay. Well, hang on it's a second. Not bad, but so I it did a lot of good stuff for people in Nicaragua. We, I think we gave about thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars. That's Don Bosco. Don Bosco is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I'm talking about the Black Irish. This is earlier oh, okay. the, last okay. year. So I sent out everybody two or three boxes per account, depending on how well they supported our brand, right? So I got a retailer. I got several retailers calling me, going, "What the hell am I going to do with two or three boxes?" So you kind of you you're just trying to show share the love, right? You're just trying to dole it out a little bit as much as you can. What, what do you want, Cutter? I got you right here. So so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So on the flip side of that, if you go, hey, I'm gonna give it to a single store, which this year we had Old Virginia Tobacco, they had the Don Bosco, we did the single release for Riverside, and uh, we did the other one for Tobacology, right? So with the craft, witchcraft. So Anyways, you get beat up by the other retailers who are like, well, how come I didn't get that? Right. It's like, well, you complained whenever I just sent one or two boxes of the other one. So if I don't have enough, what do you, like, how do you do I that, can't right? Make you, I can't I, possibly make you happy. Right. So we, we make five or 600 boxes. So, like, here's wh- my what thing. do you want me to do? I start, telling, I start telling people about it six months, a year before we make them. And when retailers call us after they've been released and say, how come I didn't get any of these? Or what, what's the story with these? It's like, look, it went to the retailers and knew we did it a year ago. Well, know? well, here's the thing. The year before, prior to that, when we released the crap, the La Campana series, we had 2,000 boxes, and, and everyone kind of got you know five to ten boxes, right? So whenever the, the craft this year came out and we, they didn't get any, they were pissed. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. We're just here to make cigar smokers happy. Retailers are unnecessary. Um, and get on people's end of the year list. Well, as far as making <laughs> you happy, reviewers, real quick, getting back to that, 
other than Skip, every reviewer just simply saying this is good tobacco or this is bad tobacco or you know what I get notes of good tobacco or this I got a little hint of bad tobacco there. You've you've commented enough on it. What would you like to see? I understand more education from reviewers. More like like when we were talking about the soapbox before the show, and you were examining, and you're like, you know what? I'm getting two different types of jalapa. I'm getting uh, you're examining the the tooth on the wrapper, and you're trying to pinpoint that. If a reviewer doesn't have that kind of exposure to that kind of education. What kind of review will you read that other than you get so a ninety five? I can answer that, I can, that, that I can, you can respect. Okay, I can answer this question. You can respect. I can answer this question. First of all, the numerical reviews are irrelevant. I mean, look, if if let's say for example, I listen to the Ash Holes and I like all the kinds of cigars that Mike Damari likes, or I, I listen to Cigar Authority and I like all the kinds of cigars that Barry likes. Um, and sometimes you know, Jonathan likes cigars that I think are kind of average. You use their palate as a, as a... If I align to a certain guy, sure. and that guy says, man, this is a really, really good cigar, sure. then I have to find it, right? Because the, I know I, I align with what he... The number doesn't really matter as much as him saying it. There's two things that a really good cigar review should have. Background on the cigar, information about it, you know, where does the brand name come from, what size is it, how much does it cost... Tell me about the company. Tell me why it's named this. Uh-huh. Those things are all interesting. Yeah, we cover. And that then the stuff. only other thing that really matters is, would I spend my own money on this and buy it again? Yeah. So yeah, it's okay to have in the humidor, or I always have to have this in the humidor, or I'm buying box after box after box, right? Gotcha. To me, those are really important aspects. Um, it's not a lot of information for some guy you don't know to say that he would buy it. But at least he's saying, you sure. know, I bought this with my own money, I would buy it again. And in fact, I will buy it again. For the first uh, maybe three years of the show, we're about to be five years in, we did not rate numerically our cigars. Uh, one was a, a lack of confidence, maybe. Who are we to okay. put, a, put a number on a cigar? Zero to 100, what do you give Casino? A tear! Fucking ten. Thirteen, baby. Out of a hundred? Out of ten. Well, out of a, see, you just fucked oh, up the whole system. Well, I'm on the Billy Bob scale. Okay, z- zero. Okay, zero to a hundred. What do you give Casino? Can you use another movie? I'm just saying. I'm, I'm gonna give you three. How about movies. Heat? Ooh, Heat. Okay, did heat. zero to a hundred. What do you give Goodfellas? I give it a. I give it a good ninety-two. Okay, zero to a hundred. What do you give The Irishman? I give it a 77. And I can't argue with those numbers. If if it was just us sitting down though at the end of each show, because we, we we have a spreadsheet, we sit down at the end of every episode. If it was just a square and we each wrote a number in it, I think it's a 96. But no, we actually go through about 10 different categories. Right. Each one's worth different amounts of you know the the for instance the the price point isn't. As as highly that number doesn't count as much as the flavor, the uh, aroma doesn't count as much as the construction. If you can cut it light and draw through it, it gets a fifty. Right? Well, what about the what about the the difficulty if, if, to make? If it if it doesn't taste like shit, it gets twenty more points, right? Well, now you're up to seventy, right? If it tastes 
pretty good compared to the last couple things I've smoked. Mm-hmm. It gets another 10 points. Now you're up to an 80. And then between 85 and 95 is where most sure. everything lives. But let me finish. The reason we did start them was because because we do tr- we do feature a lot of new cigars because we want to try them. We feature some stuff that's been out for a while. But there's a lot of start, especially when we started, a lot of young companies. And we got the impression that ratings, a numerical rating in particular, if we really liked a cigar, by coming up with some system to give it a numerical rating, it's a little extra work for us. But that number actually means something and it's tangible to them. Not necessarily like... You're not going to see. You're not going to go to Humidor and say, you know, rated 93 by the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, but the consensus comes into play there, and we were like, you know what? If if it means if it can help out a small company to get a 90 something rating, and we honestly rated that, why can't we take the extra time to actually come up with a system we're comfortable with, and give it a numerical rating? The comments that I've received have all been. Hey, I tried this cigar because y'all made it sound pretty sexy and cool. I've never heard anybody say, I tried this cigar because y'all rated it a 96. What has happened... Cody got butter in that cigar. Before we had that number system, we actually had a lot of vendors saying, hey, it would help if y'all had a number system. Okay, but look, going back to... I mean, I I completely... I understand what you're saying. But going back to... You know, I watch your... Instagram, you don't post a lot of cigars, right? So I don't know what you really buy on a regular basis or smoke on a regular basis, except that when you tag our cigars. I've gotten really lazy on Instagram, which is not the proper business model for a influencer, but I never really thought of us that way. Uh, we approach all three subjects equally, cigars, beer, and movies. Um to where, you know, no, we're not on there every day posting what we're smoking. Because honestly, most days I'm smoking, I'm on the go. Or I'm I mean, look, I'm I, not in a situation where it's going to look sexy. I mean, I own it. <laughs> but what I've, what I've gravitated towards this year and what our, we see our numbers have actually spiked. I post something on Instagram, you know, it gets X amount of like, fine. Our Insta stories... Sure. Is where the action's at. I post what I'm smoking on Insta stories, and mixed in with you know five or six other things throughout the day, those numbers quadruple whatever I'm posting on Instagram itself. Sure. Uh, which is a kind of something that we just kind of discovered by accident. I was like, you know what? We're not. This is something a tool that we're not using. How about I just start? Oh, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Our Insta stories numbers are through the roof. Well, Skip, why don't you talk about the dogfish, the 120. Remember that conversation we had with uh, the guys at, at Jester King where he was talking about when, when Dogfish 120 came out and he was talking about how great it was? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that beer. No, that's not what I'm going with. Yeah. What I'm going with was where he, talk, he talked it up, right? It's like the way that they double-dropped the hops. And yeah, and exactly. The other, yeah. Right? So the technicality of how difficult the cigar is to make and where I'm going with that is when we he made this as long this as it's beer. true as long as it's true sure because there's a lot of bullshit of smoke and mirrors right right but he made this beer sound like it was going to be one of the best beers that you might this is the dogfish beer the 120 right okay. yeah. and this is back when it first came out so we tracked it down we got it and it was super hoppy and it was like Bleh. and it doesn't keep <laughs> no I don't know I had one that uh, actually turned into like a burly wine it was pretty good yeah like three four years later but yeah the where I'm going with that is is like, you know, 
how do you know the backstory from a from a reviewer, right? Like how difficult it is to make a La Campana or to make the craft. Well, and like I don't that. think and you. How do you keep that? How do you add that into? I mean, I don't think this is the Olympics where you get difficulty for the triple. Well, no, uh, but you. But what's the I dive think to Mike's point, Skip? You brought up movie. the difficulty well, the in the triple sure. Indy. <laughs> to, to Mike's point, Skip, I mean, you brought up the difficulty in making the cigar. And unless we sit down with, and talk to Pete Johnson for two hours, we did the La Verite, uh, his single farm blend. And unless we actually sat down with him and got him to tell us for 30 minutes how this blend came to be, how, you know, the Garcia farm where he got all the blends from. I mean, it was, it was that was a 15-minute story. We, how are we going to get that? Sure. Yeah, but so on every, but then, but on every cigar but we do, unless we have a every right. Okay, but let me tell you the two things that bug me the most. When someone says this cigar is too hard to draw, that's also subjective opinion. Because, for example, if you're smoking one of our mode fives, it's going to start out really tight, then it's going to open up. But that's part of my design. It's going to force you to smoke it uh, slower at the point. Mm-hmm. And we also cut off a quarter of an inch of the point of a perfecto because. As a cigar smoker, I would always cut that off anyway. It's just yeah. a bullshit thing. It just makes it too hard to smoke. But it's, for it to smoke properly in the middle, it's going to be a little tight in the, in the beginning, right? And then the other thing is the burn, which almost 90% of the time is, it goes back to conditioning. And everybody thinks that you're supposed to condition cigars the same way, when in reality, almost all of our cigars are heavier tobacco from the inside to the outside, and they have to be at lower humidities. If you try to smoke one of our cigars at 70% or 72%, it's not going to smoke the way it's supposed to smoke. Right. Um, you know, it should be closer to 60 than than 70, right? I've got a trivia question for our Facebook Live viewers. You ready, Tut? Well, what are we giving away? Tut or Skip, what are we Is giving this away? Is a hard question? Let's Sean, do it. what are we giving away? Let's oh, do an eco-vessel. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, nice. We'll do a growler, a beer growler. One of the big ones? A growler. There you go. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. What at what level humidity should the cigar that Skip is smoking right now, the LH, the Neanderthal, the Neanderthal LH. LH, at what in from the men behind Romacraft, at what percentage humidity is that the ideal for the LH? Let, I, I know the answer to that. I know you do. <laughs> let, <laughs> let, <laughs> let the guesses commence. If you guess correctly, you'll okay. win a growler. Yeah, but the bad thing is, I don't know what that is, and I'm the one Well, hang on a second. I'll well, give you the answer. You got, you got we'll give you the answer in a little bit. I'll tell you what right. it is. I don't look at, I'm not looking at the answers. I'll tell you what it is. But, yeah, but that's my point is, so, to your original question, people who are reviewing cigars seriously and charging people ad money, right? they should spend some significant amount of time down in Dominican, down in Nicaragua, getting to know tobaccos. And when I first came to Nicaragua in 2000. My second trip there in 2010, yes. November 2010, I walked in to buy Broadleaf and said, man, that looks good to me, and I was informed that I'm a dumbass and that it's 10 months from being ready, mm-hmm. right? Little did I know. I've spent millions of dollars on Broadleaf since then. Believe me, I know now. <laughs> but don't you think... But, but Gus Cura has told me I was a dumbass no less than... 30 times over my first three years in Nicaragua. So, and I spent every single day for three years in Nicaragua. Um, I don't, I don't expect Coop or Halfwell or those guys to be able to do that. 
But within a couple of weeks of real, like for example, Mike Hudson, Cigar Hustler, he does his uh, Patreon thing, and they do a review system on their Patreon thing, which I think is pretty solid the way they look at it. But they look at things like how much does the cigar weigh, how dense is it, uh, how high are the priming. How does that factor into Patreon? Be, no, well, no, he well, does. They get, they get additional information if you. He does the reviews only on if his Patreon. If you're a Patreon right. subscriber, you, okay, get, you get a little bit more like deeper, a secret, yeah, deeper into information. A secret yeah. podcast. But the thing about it is is that he's been down there. He's been through my little school of tobacco probably for 15 or 20 days in the last four years. And at least from the little that I could teach him sure. or Esteban could teach him. He, 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 can, he can identify the tobaccos that are in his cigar. He knows good fermented tobacco from not fr- properly fermented tobacco. He knows when uh, a blend is not balanced. He knows that it's not burning because the, the bunch is not done correctly. He, he, those kinds of things, you know, just saying hey, I, had to, I had to fucking touch up the burn a couple times. Fuck you. Like, I have, like I've smoked near a fan in my car. I mean, you know, if you have to touch up the bar, the burn, it's not even worth mentioning. You know, you're you're just a dick if you if you mention on social media that you had to touch up a burn line, you're yeah. a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. I well, mean, I mean, it's like it's almost like OCD, right? It's like people just sit there and just kind of torch, 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 right? Yeah. Just plus, I have sure. no idea. I have yeah. no idea what. Okay, so like for example, we got two or three pictures this week from people, uh, or probably ten, uh, from people who saying. That the Fomorian cracked or the the Cameroon cracked. Well, that's going to happen if you take a cigar that shipped a week ago into a cigar store and you took it outside in 30 degree fucking weather. Especially that Candela. Of course, yeah, it's going to happen. And now we do everything possibly to keep that from happening. And I smoke them all day long, and uh, and they and it causes no problem. Well, you mentioned 2010. You're second trip down Nicaragua where you did a lot of your education I guess to me as a cigar maker reading these reviews and being like dude you don't know well first of all I am a cigar maker that's what I mean and which that means with, something to me with right? but to that when you mentioned 2010 it just kind of resonated with me because 2010 I had a movie released that I directed on DVD so the reviews started coming in and my first instinct was when have you ever been behind a fucking camera? When have you ever framed a shot? When have you ever worked with an actor who's having a mental breakdown on the side that's, of the That's thing? a great example. Because on one level, it's like, I buy cigars, I smoke cigars, I don't have to know shit about it, I know what I like, I know what I don't like. Those that do, do. Those that don't, review. But I'm that's saying, kind of if the, I watched your movie, I don't know shit about movie making. If sure. I watched your movie and I could go, this is not entertaining, uh, the whole, it's a art student trying to make something interesting the cuts don't make any sense the did music's you, bullshit did you write a review for my movie <laughs> but if i said all those things i'm saying it completely as uh, an amateur correct who've, who's watched thousands of movies correct but it, but as a cigar manufacturer when you're reading these reviews by guys who don't know the process don't know the nuts and if bolts. i'm going to start commenting on the cinematography of this movie mm-hmm. i gotta know something about fucking cinematography before i i could say as a viewer the whole cut sequences were well, awkward. You could say this. I thought that scene was a little dark. I had a little trouble seeing some things. You could say that. You're okay with that. Exactly. If you're like, I thought Martin Scorsese should have moved the camera a little bit this way, you're an asshole. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. 
They're, they're, right. They're, or I don't like the costumes. It's like, okay, okay well, well, you know. You should have put the bunch on this part. Ideally, part. all reviewers would, would have their be able to get knees deep in the process and a little bit more education. I think we both agree on that. Well, I think what you're saying is it would enlighten them a little bit on, on how difficult it is to make it over and over and over I'll, again. I'll say well, it. I'll, hold beers, on, hold and on. And with beers, too. I mean, you guys oh. travel to enough breweries. Yeah, but breweries is almost like a science. And I couldn't... And I, I mean, it's very yeah, technical. And I couldn't make a fucking technical. beer, but I can drink one. I'm with you. And I know what an Imperial Stout's supposed to taste like. I know if it's too carbonated. I know if it's flat. I know if an IPA has gone bad. I know some basic things, right? Because we've bought tens of thousands of dollars of beer <laughs> sure. or hundreds of thousands of dollars of bourbon an now, as it turns out. Yeah, and the winner is uh, Randy Griggs, 62. 62. Yeah. Randy Griggs. See, Randy's been paying attention. There you go, Randy. Yeah. Uh, By the way, brilliant beer guy, Randy. I, you can learn a lot about beer. Oh, wait, you Randy. know Randy? He's yeah. disqualified. <laughs> friend, friend of Roma. He actually has a he's a he has a thing on Cigar Dojo called From A to Z. Oh, is he doing the making yeah, his way with, through with the with Rob? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but but anyway, going back to what you're saying, I think if Cigar Coop came to to my factory for five days, I wouldn't walk around telling him how great I am for five days. I would put him in front of a pile of tobacco and say, "Learn something." Yeah. And what did you What did you detect? What you know, based on all of your smoking of cigars, let me tell you at least from an objective perspective why this is better than that. Why what you should be looking for from an objective perspective. And here here are some things. If you smoke just Jalapa for a, a week. Now, when you smoke a cigar and you detect jalapa, it's because you've smoked a lot of jalapa. Yeah. It's not because you've smoked a cigar that someone told you was jalapa that you think you understand it. Now you know you understand it. By right? the way, we went to, years ago at TJ's, we went to a blending seminar with James Brown. And Tut, he was giving us individual, um, what are the small? Uh, no, the uh, just the samples of, yeah, the, of the individual tobaccos. Yeah. And Tut smoked uh, the little thing of jalapa, and we thought we'd never get him back. That's all he wanted to smoke. He was like yeah, going was around asking. That's the hilarious. That's the thing. You either love it or you hate it. Oh, he I loved mean, it. He was, you're, you're, he was what's, what's like your a next crackhead beer, trying to get everybody else's samples. Next beer. Yeah. So base that. All that fancy binder and wrapper. Just give me the lajero. Yeah, it was like a little cheroot. The boss. The jalapa was not pretty nice too, but. I, I just went Lajero. Well, it's super yeah. aromatic, right? Oh, no, you like the Ometepe. That's what you like. Ometepe. I really really like this beer, by the way. It was very it was, it was, it was very good. I actually... I was a fan of the American better. Oh, this one. Really? Yeah. It's milder. There was a little There's too a lot of, of the chili adjuncts after in this. Yeah. yeah. I still have it on my palate, the, the chili. It, 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 it like basically like you licked a spoon yeah. after... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. It's dry. It just makes more? it dry a little bit. That, and I'm a fan of more want? of a, a cream base style uh, style. Uh, the Imperials ooh. that shade that way I like. The Imperials that, we'll that go a little that too medicinal. Uh, Yak boy, we have another beard headed down your way. Wait, this is not the one. Oh, no? that is not the oh. one. It's not the one. They should be in the food drawer. 
think I put that. Okay. Well, uh, while we we're getting that one too after. While we're getting the next beer, and Mike and I are getting what, which bourbon is this, Mike? Oh, this is the Blanton's uh, Japanese release. Oh, the Japanese. I've been waiting for this one. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't tell you how fucking crazy Mike has gone with the bourbon. Dude, you, you know have, what? You I've, seen, no. I've seen. I've seen. I see. I see that. Oh, so I so in the bourbon Austin Bourbon Group, I got flamed the other day because I, they saw a picture that I posted, and there's all these unopened bottles. Right. Yeah. So this guy called me a fucking hoarder, like fucking hoarder. It's I'm Austin. Like, Everybody's too sensitive. Why are you in your feelings? Cause oh, I, I saw, cause so, I got I like saw somebody nail you. You showed you got a that's new, hate. A, that's like hate. A, that's hateration. Like a new display case was beautiful. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to put them like that. The corks are gonna melt. Well, well I didn't know that. I mean, but they did say that, right? But here's the thing: if you're gonna make a a bourbon case, then why did you build it that way? I mean. It's a good question. Right? Now, wine is supposed to be that way because the, the Mike wine... Mike has amassed probably one of the premier private bourbon collections in Austin. I would it's say it's probably about 350 unique bottles. Oh, my good God. Yeah. Well, I told I, Mike before... In we, my car, there's probably about eight bottles I just picked up today. <laughs> no bullshit. Empty. No, I don't really drink. No, that's your So, this is what you get when you have fuck you row money. I, I'm, I'm glad Mike's here tonight. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Uh, I, I've actually, I only... Yeah, he's drink like out of a cigar dojo glass, by the way. That's right. Oh. oh we, we don't talk about other okay. podcasts. Well, no. Cody, good people sucks. Uh, All right, so this is our beer. What are we? It's called the Whole Cigar, which seemed good for the Neanderthal. The Whole Cigar is also from Cigar City Brewing uh, from Tampa. This is a bourbon barrel. Uh this is also from Rudy, second, by the way. Second. I much prefer this. Uh, it's a bourbon barrel a, uh, aged and uh, Spanish cedar rested imperial stout. So they put it in Spanish, Spanish cedar. cedar. Yes. yes. So uh, this is... Uh, technical I just want to ask the audience, how's that barbecue? It's a 13% ABV. <laughs> so 13. We're getting up into the All Roma. Right, and this one I'm, does actually have a little bit. It's a 35 IBUs. So it has okay. just a for little uh, IBU fan as myself. I'm looking forward to that. He needs a port. So this is a little less viscous, I think, than than the one we just drank. Uh, and and the, as this comes also from Cigar City, their own, the, the barrel-aged Imperial Stout draws inspiration from the whole cigar. From uh, cap to tuck, bourbon barrels impart notes of vanilla and spice frequently found in cigars, while the Spanish cedar often used to build humidors impart notes of sandalwood and black pepper. Sandalwood and black pepper. That kind of so sounds, sounds, sounds like a half A lot of bullshit right there. <laughs> Where's the pizza crust? Uh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. Well, uh, I think we touched on the ideal circumstances for a cigar reviewer. That's kind of what I was... And I, I, I respect that answer. I mean, I don't know. I would like to see from the comments if people agree, but... Um, well, you know, people tend to be very... Very harsh. I, you know, cigar, I am the, I am the premier reviewer of cigar reviewers. They get yes, you are. Uh, but people tend to really blast, especially Charlie on Half Wheel. And can you make us some plates, Sean? So we've got some style switch barbecue in the house. Let's give them a little. So shout we've got out, some brisket. We? We've got some uh, beef rib. We've got switch sausage. Chop. So we got to start. If we're drinking 13s, we got to start eating a little bit yeah, of beef. Okay. Okay. Well, well, here's the thing, though, right? 
what what's challenging about the whole cigar industry from a reviewer perspective I don't Skip and I probably smoke six, seven, eight cigars a day, right? Ten, twelve. Ten, twelve. You know who's counting? But <laughs> from a reviewer perspective, I would guess they probably smoke one or two a week. Some of them. A lot of them, right? And, and so now you can say they have a cleaner palate. You can say you know there's probably a lot of things you probably can say, but I guess what it comes down to is. Um, so I have to how touch, do you, I have how to touch do you up become, my Neanderthal. Oh, yeah, on. right. It's not, it's not got a little itch. How do you know? How do you trust that palate? Like, so here's the thing: if you're going to review something, how do I know that you are the the uh, the, the all knowing? Well, it's just like I you I either like back, it or you I don't. Go, I go back to the analogy of the movie reviewer. You tend. It's, I have mm. three guys who review movies that I follow because I tend to Harry Knowles. He's not around anymore, brother. He is Rip. Rip Harry Knowles. He is no, he's gone. I can't rip him. He's dead. He's he's toast. That's what he's yeah. saying. He's saying. He's saying no, like he that. got what he he got what he had coming. Oh, Ooh, he was the, he was the fired. most unlikely victim of the Me Too movement. I would Who have said the most likely. <laughs> Who saw that coming? I mean, I would have said the, I met him at Alamo one night. He, uh, he tried to grab my ass. You know what? Haka <laughs> haka. I, I will say this: I was never more happy to see somebody wheeled off into the sunset. Ooh. Yeah. Um, a- ain't it cool news, by the way? Is what we're talking about. Well, I don't even think that's a sight anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 imploded beautifully, miserably. Yeah. Fuck him. Epically. Yeah. Um, but who, no, who, uh, are, who are your three guys? To answer your question, Mike. Who are we? Who are you? I think like we do with cigar blenders, let me put that that out there, you tend to find, if you've been smoking for a decade or more, you tend to find manufacturers who their palates suit you. You're like, you know what? They put this out. I'm probably going to like it. You find reviewers for movies that, hey, you know what? So-and-so liked it. I tend to jive with his reviews. I tend to kind of fall in line. So, But it takes time. It takes... Over the last few years, I've really I watch a movie and then I read his review and it's like we're kind of on the same page. But I've never not watched a movie I wanted to see because of a bad review. I've never not smoked a cigar that I was excited about because it got a shitty review. I don't let reviews. The ones that have been the most off are the crowdsource reviews, like Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. I've like, never. This is like an eighty, ninety something on Rotten never Tomatoes. Never in my life. I don't know. The uh, Dave Chappelle. Got like a like it was crazy, right? Well, the 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 angry public had their say in well, that. Well, no, what I'm saying is is that the people who are anti Dave Chappelle were the loudest, oh, right? They're, they're the loudest and the most right, vocal, sure. And the people who were pro Dave Chappelle were kind of quiet, they're, just like well, because they're just lazy and like to have a good time, right? They they could care less. They could care less, right? Hey, you know what? Watch Dave Chappelle thing it was really right. good. Guess what? I'm not gonna get on fucking. Anything and write a review because right. I'm happy. But it didn't. Did it? Well, when, when I bought air conditioning filters from Amazon, and they asked me to put a review up, I'm like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Of course. I have no fucking idea if this is a good one or not. And to answer your point, there's a lot of cigars I take out into the corner of No Hope to re- with the intent on reviewing, and I light it up, and I'll be like, you know what? I'm just not there tonight. Like, either what I had for dinner or my mood. 
or I'm just I'm not going to give this thing a fair shake. Well, the message. So that's, remember, that's remember a good con- thing, by the way. Don't if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Correct. Correct. What's the point? So do you remember the conversation you had with Dan Carr back whenever? Yeah, of course. Right. How many how many units of the Macanudo yeah, today? The Macanudo uh, Ascot. Right. So so they it. they sell. Thank you. I don't know. How many units of like a Toro size? Like 2 million? 3, 4 million? Who knows? Right. But my point is... Bud Light. But they sell a gazillion. So if you're looking at overall sales, how does that... So if the majority of the consumers who smoke that cigar versus this one, the one you're smoking, the home, right? If you you looked... Or soapbox, right? If you looked at the numbers, like wouldn't that mean that based on sales penetration in the market that that would be a better cigar based on sales mm. I mean Billy Ray was number one on the country list Aggie Breaky time. Heart that one yeah that was a great song I'm mm. just kidding <laughs> <laughs> well some, millions some, of people bought it some no, gave some didn't. some gave all some well, gave. Well, no what was the other one the hometown what was it the first the rap Old song Town Road Right, or like that's a horrible song. It is. It's a terrible song. My kid listens. But to the it. amount of downloads and people who listen so to it does that mean that it's a great song, based on sales penetration? Have you ever heard the song Baby Shark? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Have you ever listened to Baby million, Shark and then gone times? to Bahamas and seen Baby Sharks? <laughs> oh no. It was huge with the two-year-olds. Oh, I, I imagine. I think our daughter's about the same age, three. To this day, Fiorella sings Baby Shark. <sighs> well. On that note, boys, talking about lists, talking about what goes into those lists, I think uh, it's probably a good time, as I'm about to put some brisket in my mouth, to reveal the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. That's a cute little plate you got there. I'm I'm strictly brisket. Hey, that's keto approved. Uh, Cody, go pack the gear. This is where the doc is, is sorely missed. Yes, he is. Oh, we could have talked cowboys. Oh, he was... He got a little bit of a sore throat. He, he I can't him. talk about the Cowboys without getting emotional this year. They're back. They Texas. Well, Easy. He, here is too we soon. St- we still them boys. Tut. Yeah. Anybody want to on Facebook Live want to guess our top three cigars of the year? I don't know. No, that was my kind of cue to ask. To, to I'm putting it out there. If you can guess our top three cigars of the year, you will win. What? But we're giving out a, a gift for your top three? A Tuesday Night Cigar Club coaster. <laughs> That's weak. What do you want to give them, Skip? Um, how about, uh, how about a room Ashbox by Derek Cigar Rest? A cigar rest. There you go. You're outside smoking. You're in your car smoking. You're anywhere smoking. With a patch. With some patches With some patches. There we go. All right. Start putting in your... uh, I'm going to go slow through this list so you have some time, but you got to work fast. What What is... Nobody gets it. Then nobody wins. If you guess any of the three, you'll get something. Okay. From that. that. That's why I picked something small. Okay. My God, that's good barbecue. Styles and switch. Pussy... Pizza. There's no no such thing as bad. There's just the good and the better. I had another P. Yeah, I was waiting for the other P. Pussy, pizza. 
Pokey Pokey Pizza and uh, Pokemon? No, it doesn't work. Pilsner? No, there's no good Pilsners. Okay. Here is the Tuesday Night Cigar Club's top ten cigars that we smoked on the show. Again, if you went through the website and you picked out what we rated, it's not going to be the same because we actually revisit cigars throughout the year, and this is what we came up with as far as what we went back to, what we smoked more of. This is where we are at. Again, not the best cigars out there, the best cigars we smoked on the show. Number 10, the Buck. I feel like David Letterman. The Buckeye Land from Crowned Heads. It was a Drew Estate collaboration with Willie Herrera, but we love that cigar. Really never, good. Really never good smoked cigar. that one. Really good cigar. And I should mention, it did not get on the show this year, the La Colusion. Their new collaboration, would you say, is very good as well. But that was our I'm number. a big fan of Miguel, John Huber, Willie. We met John Huber uh, at the Kentucky Barn Smoker this year, and, man, what a class act. That guy's awesome. He's really, really good. Uh, good, good, pe- good people. At number nine, talk about innovation. You talk about unique characters. It is the Nugs from Yasum Crawl. Which Nug? The Habana. No, have you had the hundred milligram? No, it was the mild. It was the more mild one. It was the, which we did not notice any kind of stress relief or muscles uh, relaxation. We didn't. It's just a good cigar. Here's what I can tell you. What what I know from experience, because I spent some time with Risty in Colorado. If you smoke a nug while getting a blowjob, <laughs> you definitely feel the effects. Cody, are you taking notes? I am now. <laughs> It's a pleasurable experience, no matter how you look at it. Well, it's a good cigar, no matter how much you look at it. CBD aside, it was a, it was just a really enjoyable smoke, and we really liked it. Number eight, we already mentioned it, the Wasabi from Espinosa. Track them down. Track them down if you can. It's, a, it's the best Candela we've had in the five years we've been doing Candelas on the show. And uh, really, really enjoyable. And number seven, we have a tie. But they kind of tie together. Ties are such a cop out. Well, they tie together. Skip. It was the Partagas Legend by General Cigar Company and the Partagas Serie D number four Cuban cigar. This, uh, this is uh, Matt trying to get General Cigar ad money. That ship has sailed, my friend. <laughs> no, no hashtag ad on this. We get paid nothing. It was a, the Partagas Legend was an honest to God. We really, really enjoyed that cigar. And the Partagas, the Cuban, the Serie D number four, it's a classic. And it, it was uh, one of the few Cubans we've had that actually was was solid. Uh, we, we really you must have had a good batch. Yeah, we did. It was it was we really liked that cigar. Um, but yeah, go check out the Partagas Legend. Um, it was it kind of caught us by surprise how much we liked that one. Number six. Tuck, can you guess it? No. Okay. The Norteño. Hey, Sean. Ooh. By Drew Estate. I like me that Can I eat some more sausage and brisket and coleslaw? We smoked, obviously, Drew Estate's a sponsor. We've smoked so many Drew Estate's cigars this year. New blends. But I purposely featured the Norteño on the show when we spoke to Willie because it is my favorite or the, the Drew State cigar I smoke the most of 
I like the little one, the little Nortenio Yeah, the little line. Petit Corona. Yeah. Uh, the Nortenio is, I think, one of the most kind of unmentioned awesome cigars out there that both Tut and I, I mean, Tut, we kind of smoke more of those than, you know, by far any more Drew Estate cigar, but uh, the Nortenio is just, the church, the limited edition Churchill is really good. That the Petit Corona is really awesome. Um, we're just really big fans. So that is our number six. And then we have our top five. Hang on a second. Was that is that your highest rated Drew Estate cigar? It is. Oh, I don't know, man. That uh, the don't get us in trouble, man. The TAA that they did, that Willie did, uh, the Maduro. That was pretty oh, good. Oh, the Herrera Stelly blend. Yeah. That oh, that was really that, good. that was really good. You, met, that you mentioned earlier, Mike, if my we're friends Wait, with... Wait, is that his plate or my plate? It's my plate. Oh, man. Why, why? See, I had Rosales always eats first. I had I had him... They handed you the plate first. I just had them slice it up because I couldn't... I didn't want to put the whole brisket in my mouth and just like... Nyang, 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 nyang. <laughs> you mentioned earlier, Mike, if you're friends or friendly sure. with the manufacturer, or if someone pissed you off and was right. India, beer. how does that yes. affect you getting on my show? With Drew Estate... Wait, wait, did you just say my show? No, our show. Yeah, yeah. This is Tuttle's show. Tuttle could I turned the mic off. This whole thing goes dark. Tuttle's Tuesday night. <laughs> Anyways, you were saying? You're going to need a lot more of this stuff. Right, no, Featuring right. Matt Cade. Uh, oh, now I'm like the guy... Featuring the like, doctor. Not like Saturday Live, like starring. I'm the three dudes at the end. Featuring <laughs> Matt Cade. Well, you're the guy who talks the most, but it's a Tuttle production. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> uh, no, you got to be, with Drew Estate being our, our show's primary Special sponsor, the dot. you got to be careful. And while we give them a lot of, obviously, exposure on our, you know, when we're out on the road with them, we do this, and when we like a cigar, we give them this. Um, You've sold out. It's okay. I mean, we this, completely understand. No sellout. pay for this equipment. It's expensive. This year, it is fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, but this year... I wanted to get them on the show because I I really just love the Nortenio blend. And we wanted to talk to Willie and could have done a lot of new stuff, but I mean that's an example where they have so many resources now to do so many interesting things, but their hands are tied by the big corporate kind of people on the FDA stuff. I I went up to Drew Estate the last time I was there, I think maybe six months ago, and Willie was working on something which I thought was really good. And it was like, you know, but I can't make this because it doesn't fit the the FDA kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, not to say that I mean I smoked one of the Acid Twenty yeah. this year. <clears throat> I'm not a flavored cigar smoker. Sure. Once I got over the kind of initial, um, it's enjoyable. It got it got not bad. I mean, it was really good cigar. No, and, and we're very open about that. I'm not yeah. I'm not a flavored cigar guy either. But the I caught so much shit for smoking that. I saw a lot of yeah. The uh, twenty that you posted. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you just getting nailed yeah. on it. I'm like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, it's enjoyable, and especially I I actually you know did you ever smoke any of the old El Titan de Bronze? Um, not the not the, the Maduro, old Redemption Maduros. Not the old ones. No. Oh man. I remember Willie was in like his little ten by ten booth next to the sisters. Um, I don't remember the, their name, but uh, this was maybe 
this had to be 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I smoked, that was like one of the best cigars I smoked that year. Oh, 7, 08. And knowing like what they have to do in that little place and all that stuff, it was even, even more the better. Yeah, and the fact they're still making them there. They're still making the, the Esteli line there is, is... They still make the Redemption Maduro? I don't know. It's, if they do, it's amazing to me that nobody talks about it because that's a great cigar. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the privileges of, of Travel to Estate is, is being around Willie and kind of listening to him. Because he's very frank with his, you know, people think of Master Blender as this sexy, um, you know, I'm just creating these new, Willy Wonka, I'm creating these new masterpieces every day and it's all, but it's but it's like, no, it's it's a grind. I, 80% of my job is consistency. I'm is smoking. Blend maintenance, yeah. Is, is maintaining, yeah. maintaining the existing I would blends. say 90%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and he's like, that's not sexy, but that's what I do. Yeah, and a bit and a big factor that's even harder. Cause yeah, because what happens like you know Willie's got a palette, and there's going to be some stuff that he's making for portfolios that's outside of that palette. Right. Imagine having to always try to maintain consistency on stuff that's out of your palette. I I think that's impressive. Well, here's the thing. Let's say we open a pack of tobacco randomly mm-hmm. that has a problem. Um. We can always catch that before it ever hits a cigar. At Drew Estate, they're opening hundreds a day. Sure. If if you catch it at ten in the morning, you've already made twenty thousand cigars with that shitty tobacco. Yeah. And when you hear so, the stories about how much they have to toss when something's not right, yeah, it's it's, it's staggering. The I mean, the, it's, the speed. Of, I think they make a hundred and fifty thousand cigars a day now. Yeah. I mean, we make four thousand, five thousand cigars a day. Yeah. It's a whole different animal. It, it really is, and and to hear Willie's take on it, he's very good at removing the aura of you know um, the world's most interesting man making these. He's very humble about it. He's like, no, it's it's gr- it's a grind. <laughs> I mean, it's a re- it, it's it's been really cool to kind of experience. What if that. his redemption cigar is his Willie Herrera cigar? Ooh. It would be. I think it would be hard. For, I mean, I don't know. They could absolutely do it. I don't know why he would give it to Drew Estate, but. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Okay. Are you guys ready for the top five? Has anybody guessed our top three yet, Tut? Uh, not the total top three, but there's been a couple of guesses of one in there. Okay. Number five, the Kudzu Lustrum by Southern Draw. Uh, Tut has been a kudzu diehard from the time he's... Five years ago, I think he smoked. Yeah. Um, they, Big fan of their they just came out of the gate, and that was your. You were like latched onto that kudzu like nobody's mm-hmm. business. Um, Cody, you liked it. I was a little slow to the kudzu blend, but for me, the lustrum really brought out some stuff I didn't get from the original. And for Tud, I think it just amplified what you liked about the lustrum. I'm a big fan of their perfectos. Uh, for some reason, they can get into it and make a really good perfecto. And I thought the uh, lustrum was an extension of that good brand. Uh, we all we all really really liked it. That's um, made by AJ. Yes. Yeah. All his stuff. Uh, Robert's a local Austin guy. He, he is. is. A little local love. Uh, no Roman craft cigars on here so far. Cody Packard. We'll see how that top twenty list of bloggers goes. I mean, the sixty-five people that are actually read your top ten list. I uh, I got numbers, Skip. I'll show you off, okay. off mic. <laughs> uh, number four. The La Carême by Crown Heads. 
The little bellicoso? Mm-hmm. That's a good the box was, press. It was the bellicoso. I think I just smoked one of those yesterday. It has been around for a couple of years, but uh, love it. We paired it expertly with Hamburger, the motion picture. Oh yes. So the first stout we drank is a lot, is a lot like that cigar. It's supposed to be dark and heavy, but it's a little bit lighter than yep. you would think it is. Yeah, to me, the La, the La Creme is a great dessert cigar. Uh, which obviously, it was intended, but it was so. It looks so much scarier than it actually was. Have you ever smoked a La Creme followed by a brulee? I have not. Ate a brulee or smoked a brulee? The the sober mesa brulee. No. But maybe, folks, that gave you this will give you a clue into our top three. We've yet to mention the sober mesa brulee. Mm. Oh. All right, our top three. You guys ready? Tut, you want to give him a few more minutes? No, uh, it's closed. It's closed. It's closed. You sit on your ass. It's too late. All right, number three. We just talked about them, and they once again snuck in there because, honestly, I would say besides. There's about three cigars over the last five years that have made an impression on us where we keep revisiting. This is honestly, thank you. This is honestly one of the cigars that I purchase the most. We talk about reviewers going back and buying the most. Uh, this is, for me personally, and I believe for Yak Boy, maybe one that we buy the most of as far as the core line. Uh, number three is the Rose of Sharon Desert Rose by Southern Draw. I'm a huge Rose of Sharon fan. It's been my favorite Connecticut um, for a while now. And I thought we all thought the Desert Rose added uh, just kind of a little more strength to a profile that didn't feature much strength at all, but it kept some of that kind of vanilla and uh, the woodsiness, we we kind of blew us away. Uh, we really like the Desert Rose. And the only Connecticut this year we liked more, number two, the Sober Mesa Brulee, which we paid for, I believe from CigarHustler.com. The EC Goodness, by the way, came out this year. Uh, we didn't get a press release on that one. Better than both of those. We don't We don't do press releases. How would we know about it? I don't know. Do your fucking job. <laughs> don't be spoon-fed. At number 2.5, the EC Goodness. Ah. <laughs> See now? Gotcha. Boom. Boom. See, and I had no don't, idea that was coming. Don't you feel like an asshole? I had no idea it was coming. I do feel like an asshole. That's not on our list. Oh, okay. So now, <laughs> now you feel like an asshole. Uh, actually, uh, one, one of the uh, intemperances made our top three, I think, two years ago. Um, I'd have to go back or find someone to go. Oh. That's a good trivia question. Make the listeners go back and find that Coincidentally, one. you didn't make my top ten list either. Well, well last year. Last, last year. year. What was that, the Rosa Sharon? Uh, the Rosa Sharon Desert Rose was number three. Their, uh, their new take on their on their... We, we just really like the Rose of Sharon, the original blend. And then number two was Steve Saka's Sober Mesa Brulee. Is it because you like Sharon? Is that what it is? She is awesome. She's really But we do most of our uh, hanging out with Robert. Okay. 
Um, He's got better hair. You guys say sweet. You guys say sweet and tip. We say maybe sweet and binder, but whatever it is, the brulee was awesome. Because you don't know anything about making cigars. But that's all right. You know about smoking cigars. How was that barbecue though? Movies. That barbecue was fantastic. It was cold. It yeah. was a little. A little Whoa, we, little we talk greasy. a lot. We talk yeah. a lot. So <laughs> yeah, it was greasy. Right. Okay. By the way, the twelve days of meats right now are going on at South Switch. Yeah. Today. Yeah, I saw your post on that. That is like one of the most brilliant things ever. If you did all twelve days of the top twelve days of Christmas meat or whatever. Do I have to know about the process of smoking meat to appreciate? No, you just either like no. it or you don't. But here's the thing: that though. I can just eat and say I like cigars. I can't just smoke and say I like. They didn't. We didn't tonight. They didn't. They were out of the uh, the ribs, so we went with the prime rib. Is that right? Right. Yeah, I didn't like it too much. I don't like the prime rib. But oh. tomorrow, they have the biscuit from the biscuit company. Ooh, with good. the chopped beef, and mm. tomorrow is the day to do it. Mm. If you're going to go to Style Switch, Tyler leaves tomorrow <coughs> early. He won't get a chance to try that. Yeah, we're going to do Tex-Mex tacos. For, I should uh, mention Tyler. we do have a live studio audience here tonight. Tyler, where are you from? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Home of one of my favorite filmmakers, Mark Borchardt. You ever see an American movie? No. Check it out. You'll love it. It shows Milwaukee in a very... Unique uh, pictures. Well, we we were gonna watch some Link Letter. So yesterday we went to the Texas Chili Parlor. Okay. But you know they filmed Grindhouse. Yes, they uh, did. There, Death proof. Part of Grindhouse. And then uh, today we did barbecue. And then um, we're gonna watch Slacker. And mm-hmm. we're gonna watch Days of Confused. Because over by our house they have one of the old moon towers. Oh, okay. Which oh, yeah. Sean Party. lives. Sean lives right behind me in in uh, in our. Uh, second house behind uh-huh. me and um sean is really because i'm not here as much as sean sean's really grasped onto the inner city gentrified characteristics of our neighborhood uh-huh. um he'll walk out of his, his apartment grab a little scooter drive down to the to sixth street or whatever yeah. go see a live hip-hop concert he's really he's really he's turned in to a real urban Austin uh, guy, so I want to give them a little of the background of the history of Austin and film. And Linkletter's got to be back when Austin was awesome. Yeah, so Linkletter's got to be. So I drive around going, "Hey, this used to be that. That was never there." Yeah, that's why I quit coming to Austin because everything was this used to be, this used to be, this used right. to be, and now it's this. <laughs> uh, I I used to drive in from I went I went to college Sam Houston in Huntsville. I used to drive three plus hours on the weekends to come to Austin to buy Laserdisc at Tower Records. Yeah. Down on MLK. I used to get drunk at Lake Livingston with a bunch of students from Sam Houston. That's what we were, <laughs> that's what we were known for. Uh, all the way, baby! Hey, let me tell you, and those girls were liberal. Nobody with drinks the pussy. like Sam Houston. That's Sam Houston. Uh, all right. That between Texas, well, Southwest Texas State and Sam Houston. Well, it was Houston, Southwest back then. They threw around pussy like... We were the you party get popsicles. You get a pussy, everybody gets a pussy. Is that how it <laughs> Pretty works? much. Wow. Todd, are we giving away? No. Uh, okay. Our number one cigar of the year. Can't give away that. Thank you, Mike. All right. It is, and considering how Skip treats me, I'm very hesitant and reluctant to say this. It is the year of the Neanderthal, baby. All right. Now we're talking. Booyah. It's a three-way tie. 
Nice. <laughs> we give it to you, but then we take it away. Is nope. that how that goes? No. Okay. No, it's three-way, oh, three-way okay. tie all you way. The OM. We did a double feature with the OM Lancero and the genetic deformity. Mm. We paired it with the movie The Package about the guy who gets his dick cut off. Nice. That's a, gene- <laughs> that's a genetic deformity. Perfect. Perfect. But we loved detecting the differences between the OM Lancero and the genetic deformity. And then the third component came to light within the last few weeks. The LH. The LH. It completed the Neanderthal saga for us. It was too hard to it was too hard to ignore that the range that this blend was shown on our show this year. Now granted, I broke the rules a little bit. We didn't get to feature the LH on an episode. But So I mean, what number was this? What? Number one, one and one? Three, three Neanderthals. Wow. Three Neanderthals. So uh, this is a probably a good opportune t- time to say that uh, the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Go on. Go is, on. Has, has made my list uh, officially. <laughs> Man, those guys, they know what they're doing In the top there. three. Those guys got it going on. You should, you should check that shit out. Listen, we have been friends with Mike and Skip for years now. Uh, we've got a lot. Your, your cigars have made a lot of our, of our lists. Um, but... The weight of, like I said, the the difference, you know, kind of sitting down and just smoking the OM and the GD back to back, and getting, you know, the spectrum from the man, they all maintain that Neanderthal core. So I'll tell you the secret of that. So number one, we need our next beer, and we're going to light the Neanderthal on this great news. I actually celebrate. Uh, we had no idea this was coming. We did not. No, you did not. Yeah. No, you did not. Popping bottles up in this. We're going to do the uh, Boston Stout from Trillium. Okay. Um. So here's the thing. All three of the cigars. Well, the LH is different, but the ON Every cigar we make in Neanderthal is the exact same proportions of filler. So the OM and, and the HN have the exact same proportions. If you of watch that episode, we mentioned that. And that's what kind of blew us away, is that from that Lancero format into the genetic deformity, because it was one of the few barber poles we featured where you could feel the intent of the barber pole. You know, I have you lobbied, could, Skip, to make the genetic deformity in the HN size. Ooh. Dude, holy shit. That would, that would be like next level. Would that be the... <laughs> oh, man. Can, can we already stamp that as the TNCC? I don't know. Could we... Could, could, could we launch that? Dude, that would go bananas. Fuck it. But, only if you call it, it the Viso Horny. But the v- the V so horny. That's, that's a, wait, 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 Where did you wait, 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 Where did you get this? This is our thing. No, that we stole from Tyler. Three years ago, we did. Three years ago, we did an episode where we trademarked V so horny. Go back and watch the audience. It was our James Brown. It was our James Brown episode, and he shot. So so Tyler Tyler convinced me yesterday that he invented that. Three years ago, or t- four years ago, when we interviewed James Brown, like we because they were s- somebody was selling a box of leaves that you could roll your own cigars mm-hmm. with around that time. Some crab shit right there. It's and crab. Crab uh, I forget what the context was, but we asked James if he would roll a cigar for us called Viso Horny. What movie t- would that pair with, by the way? The Viso Horny? Yeah. Uh, it had oh to be God. Full Metal Jacket. Well, of, metal, course. Yeah. of course. Oh, of course. So, hey, I, you would be the only guy who would know that. Of course. If someone would say Two Live Crew, 
But well, it's yeah, where a lot of guys our generation uh, exactly. But we could follow that up with uh, face down, ass up. That would be great. Right? That was the next two left cruisers. Face yeah. down, ass up. That's the way we like. That's to puff. the way we like to tut. That's the way we like to puff. <laughs> oh no! Now you got tut dancing. Oh, damn it. Okay, so we're doing our next beer. Okay. Uh, and we're doing. I, I don't think we started to spend enough time on you guys being elated. I got Mike's excited. I'm super happy. Okay. About the three-way Yay. tie for number one. It's <laughs> amazing. So I'm going to tell you. Did you try the hot Kate keto? is so focused on being on my top ten list of top ten lists. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do oh. with it. But he's, you're friendly with him. You are nice. We just fed him. That's true. So we just got the number one. It was good. I proved, mean, that, that proved was, my point. That was that set my point. stone before we so walked I, in the so door. I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I'm going gonna, I'm to say it like this. Thank you, Sean. I worked on the Neanderthal for almost four years by myself. Yeah, that's a skip thing. So from the day I got to the factory, it was I want to make the cigar I originally wanted to make when we made the Cro-Magnon. So when we made the Cro-Magnon, it was supposed to be the Neanderthal. The name was going to be Neanderthal. And I told Mike, this cigar is not strong enough to, to bear the Neanderthal name. It doesn't have enough of what I think it should have. So we gave it the Cro-Magnon, the more cultured kind of, uh-huh. you know, caveman. Finer. Kind of like the caveman lawyer from Saturday Night Live. I'm just a confused caveman lawyer. <laughs> right. But, so, when we had the source for San Andreas, with the and then, I mean, that cigar has eight tobaccos in it. And every piece has a part. And it's all wrapped around this whole Green River Sucker 1. So when we did the LH, it was, we were getting more whole Green River Sucker 1s. You could put a whole leaf in there. No. So the Green River Sucker 1 comes long, but some of it's it's really broken, and um, it's not like a whole leaf. And so when you, when you put it in, you have to devein the entire filler leaf, which is abnormal. So you really only put it in as a break. It's not part of the bunch. So oh, okay. so when you make the bunch and you do the tear, the Green River Sucker 1 becomes what you fill the 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 the, the bunch with. It actually is not part of the bunch. But when we were started getting more whole pieces of Green River Sucker 1, we were setting it aside and and so I said let's make the Green River Sucker 1 part of the bunch and then do it a little bit underfilled so we can do the box press on it. Uh. Okay. So the only one that really departs from the the formula is the LH, and that was the one to me. I, I flash back to when we first sat at TJ's because that's when you just released the original. I remember, Neanderthal. yeah, when we did the the podcast from TJ's. Yeah, and that mystique on that sucker leaf really kind of and the eight blend I mean it was, that's a lot of well I remember at that time them. you guys didn't smoke a lot of stronger cigars no we didn't particularly Tut was like talking about Connecticut's and Dominicans that Dominicans was a, was a Dominican and, guy yeah and that was a, I mean that was a really full body, body cigar for you guys yeah. at that time and the LH even though a lot of people say it's not as strong as it was you know it's it was never intended to be it's more full flavor because it's not it, more full flavor it brings a tear to my eye I've smoked several in several ways it is so strong with the spice up front I can't remember the last time I actually teared up 
from my initial. If you retro hell, it's super. It's super. This is the mean yes. streets. But but to and Tuttenham, the Irishman. And Tut. That's good. Very good. Now this is more mean streets. Correct. It's gritty. It's it's unrefined. It's there's some things in here you, they're, they're like introduced into the whole scene. Technically, this should have been the first Neanderthal, and then you it should we, have been. You went weak sauce after but, that. But it took me ten years to figure out how to make this cigar. See, and that's I what's weird is that I have a different take on it. Uh, it had a lot of power, a lot of flavor, and I. It's funny because when y'all go back and talk about me being a lighter smoker to what I am today, because I am just a power hound, and when everybody was talking about, oh, this is this is the scar, you're going to like it, it's going to have a lot of strength to it, you're going to love it. I always hear that in cigars, and I'm always let down. And then this, the first third was kind of lighter than what I was expecting, and then that strength and that flavor just poured on in the halfway mark. Then it's just kicked in the face in that last third, but the palate was very light. Are you a retrohaler? And it's funny because you're talking about how gritty it is on the retrohale. I thought you managed to keep that strength, but to me, it was a bright, crisp retrohale. Well, I mean, of course, it has to be, still has to be a little bit balanced, but the thing is, let me tell you, so I worked on this for four or five months. We made them. Then I went on to working on other things like the goodness and the craft, which is a lot more nuanced type things. And I got it. So when you get up to go here from uh, Esteli, back when they had the early flights, you had to get up at like three in the morning and then it's like two and a half hours to Managua. Unless you're trying to, you know, unless you're on a suicide mission wanting to hit a cow or something. And then, and then from there you have to go to Houston. You have to wait an hour or two, and then you have to come to Austin, right? So, getting from getting from SLE to Austin is like a whole day thing. Right. So, when I travel, I don't go to sleep. I'll stay up all night. I'll work, and then watch some movies or do whatever, and then I'll take a shower, pack, and then we'll get on the road. So that drive from SLE to Managua, I always smoke something small and something light. Because nicotine makes you want to shit, if you don't know. Especially if you haven't, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if so you eat something, if you, if you, you eat something, and then you, if you smoke something that has a lot of nicotine, you, you, you don't, unless you have a roll of toilet paper with you on the road, there's no place to stop between. Cody, by the way, is king. He's known in Central Texas as always having a roll of toilet paper in his truck at all times. In SLE, everybody has their, unless they're a dumbass. They have uh, baby wipes. and But there is no place to stop between, really, SLE, a clean bathroom. So I say that to say, I lit up a Neanderthal LH. It was the only thing that I had in the glove box that I had forgotten to take out. It had been there for two or three days. It was perfectly humidified at ambient humidity, whatever it was. 62. <laughs> 62. And... Uh, I, I had to pull over in Sebaco, which is about 40, 40 minutes from, and I literally was nauseous. So, but like smoking it now, after barbecue and beer and bourbon and coffee, and it still stands up to all those things. I've smoked it uh, three you. times, each probably on different circumstances. Yeah, but if you wake up in the morning, it's five thirty six in the morning, and you just light up one of these, yeah. you're going to fuck yourself up. You're going to get woozy. <laughs> And I don't care if you say it's strong or not, you do that, and, and, and you'll know. 
But that's why I appreciated it the most out of the OM and the GD is because it was giving me what I think the Neanderthal name has kind of been leading to. I thought it was kind of the the end of the... You might have something else planned for next year. But I thought it was kind of like, you know what? That original, the HN, was a beautiful cigar, a really nice medley of eight fucking different tobaccos. Who's doing that at the time? The OM, I thought, was just a really cool way of paring down. Same, like you said, same blend. Fitting all those format. tobaccos into a Lancero is on, on a difficulty. Like, if it's the triple Lindy. Doing yeah. a 10 out of a 10. Sure. Filling, filling all <laughs> these tobaccos into yeah. a Lancero. And that blew us away. Right. And then, like I said, the genetic deformity, where I, it was one of the first barber poles Aside from aesthetics, I thought I could actually get some yin and yang when the, the bar pole was burning down at a certain point. I could feel kind of a difference in in strength wavering. Well, speaking of that, like you just smoked the craft, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the first ones where as it transitions on the wrapper from one to the other, because it's a really small ring gauge, you can really taste when it hits. The Lancero is so much easier to get those to get yeah. those transitions. Uh, but you know we love we love the OM we love the GD but the the Lord Humongous the LH I just man it just blew me away and awesome. I I couldn't be to me we loved the brulee we loved I the mean brulee. for a sweet tip cigar it's pretty decent <laughs> he says it's not sweet tip he says it's not sweet tip baby because he's one of the biggest bullshitters in the game. Uh, it took a lot. I guess what I'm trying to give you some praise, <laughs> son of a bitch. It took a lot for us to put some. I mean, because we just drooled. I mean, well, three cigars at number one. That's that's like up there. Yeah, I mean, how do they rank that on the consensus list? Right, high five. Well done. Yeah, we gotta get three spots. So, so did we're you, pairing did you, this, by the way, with? Well, probably not much because I don't think anybody else probably reviewed the OM a, yeah, or the GD. No. So the, I'm glad you're calling it the OM instead of the H Town because. I, I, it's not the H-Town. It was part of the H-Town series, but is the, it is the Neanderthal OM. When we smoked it, it was, I got it from Jorge, it was the H-Town. Yeah, so this year it's actually being released at Fine Ash Cigars, uh, where Rudy works. They gave us a lot of this beer tonight. And um, it's going to be released in January. Okay. And there's going to be 500 boxes, and so 250 bundles-ish. So it's still going to be a shop exclusive. It is uh, now. It's a fine ash exclusive. Okay. Yeah, they got some uh, really cool Neanderthal T-shirts. I saw. Some, they do, yeah. I thought of y'all's. I, did, I didn't approve of those, but y'all party. So, <laughs> so we have. Um, we're pairing this with t-shirts. Trilliums. This you is what. The, the one. That's my favorite Neanderthal right yeah, now. That, that's yeah. Money right oh, does that come in the in the? In that the, would be a four-way tie. Yeah. Does oh, that yeah. come in the little sampler yeah. of the? I, I have had it. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. So this is the Secret Stairs from Trillium. Anyone tell us? The <clears throat> the Secret Stairs is um, this is just said from Trillium. It's their uh, signature stout. Uh, Boston stout. Boston stout. Which I think is an American stout. It is. Yes. That's as there are. Description: Roast and malt provides a nutty, earthy backdrop to bitter cocoa and little hints of uh, caramel or caramel, if you prefer. Smooth mouthfeel with a dry sensation on the finish. Uh, and the this was and they they had started brewing this back when they were uh, they're they're currently now out of uh, uh, 
Canton, Mass. Uh, they were from the uh, Fort Point uh, neighborhood in Boston when they actually started making What's this. What's the ABV? It's actually lighter than what we've had. This is only uh, 6.5%. Which is the most pussy of pussy beer stouts. <laughs> but it's This is delicious. like the departed of beers. This is a breakfast stout. In the in, in the world of Martin Scorsese, this is the departed. Or maybe even like Shadow Island or whatever that horrible movie is. Shutter Island. Island. There you go. Yeah, more departed, I think. Um, <laughs> it's because it's got a little Alec Baldwin, Baldwin on the finish. Uh, you're not a Baldwin fan. Mm. He was I, good in the departed. I fucking love Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And I actually like. I love everything about him. I, I love those like Saturday Night Live skits. I listen to his podcast. Uh, he has a podcast too. Wow. Yeah, it's Everybody's great. He's got a fucking podcast. We gotta get out of this. Uh, I have like forty something podcasts in my regular rotation. Is the Tuesday Night Circle Club in there? They um, will be now. Not in my podcast. Oh, They're on my YouTube, on YouTube subscriber, yeah. YouTube, okay. Hey, that, we'll take so it. So I'll get a couple of Modern Warfare tips. Call and I will duty. say this to all you folks out there. <laughs> I say it all the time on the show. I believe our show is best done on YouTube. Uh, obviously, our iTunes numbers are way bigger, but we're growing. You know, I think we, this year alone, we quadrupled our YouTube viewers. How do you do on Podbean? Tut, I mean, we're on there. Do you, know the num- do you know what the number one cigar podcast is on Podbean right now? Cigar Hustler if this podcast. Is a plug for Cigar Hustler. It's a Cigar Hustler. Well, I'm out of here. It's a Cigar Hustler podcast. Hey, we did his cigar this year. We paired it with Grizzly. Oh, the War Bear. We did the War Bear with Grizzly. I, I really like that cigar. It was good. It was very good. Um, the uh, Development Palettes guys didn't like it so much. No. But you know, fuck those guys. Had to touch it up a little bit. Except for John McTavish, who I love. What's the other? Uh, and Aaron, he's okay. You know, Tut's always but big. But June doesn't know shit about cigars, so. Tut's always big <laughs> on cross-promotion and, like, trying to get us to do, like, ingrain ourselves in some other. Uh, what's the one where they smoke them? Bl- uh, the Blind Man's Puff. They put out a call for uh, reviewers to join. I, I submitted my resume. Mm-hmm. Did they put up a light that kind of beamed around the sky? And <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I've been reviewing no. cigars for five years, uh, blah, blah, blah. No, no. I don't know. Based on your soapbox thing called, I, I got to tell you, that puts you up a couple of notch. I would have never just picked that cigar up. But in, nothing against Ben. I just have a lot of cigars I have to smoke. Sure. Well, no, I... I I'm really of, impressed by it. Awesome. Well, I, here's the thing. Like, when you go into the trade show, right, Like you always have like a list of four or five cigars that you want to try, right? So it's like... Uh-huh. Well, uh, my one that I wanted to try from him was the box-pressed saber-tooth-looking one. Yeah, and it was it was good, but this was a lot better than so far. Sure. So so you go into the trade show, you like you, you track them down, you smoke them. Now, most of the time, those cigars are pretty young, right? Right. And so you, you smoke them, and you're like, man, it's okay, right? So, and then you got to give it a second try when you come across it in the cigar shop. Not all the times you come across those cigars in a cigar shop, which makes it really difficult. So we probably buy more cigars from other companies than most people who review cigars. Well, there's a whole category. No, there, there was actually a when you were. We probably have five thousand cigars from. When other you companies. were commenting, well, you and I talked about that once because I think you and I fought each other for the most boxes of Naka Tamale sold a couple I, years ago. I think we bought eight boxes. <laughs> That's my favorite soccer cigar. I hoarded that cigar like nobody's business. That's like, my favorite soccer that, 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 that first it, it, release it, it, was. It didn't do much for me, but he loved it. The oh, Muestra lo- de Caca. That's my favorite one. I love that original release. Tamale. Tamale. Oh, my God. Um, By the way, level of difficulty, you know, if he's not bullshitting, which I assume he's not, that's a that's a really hard cigar to make that way. 
Well, and that's another single farm cigar, like when we're. And it's like a Lonsdale, right? No, it wasn't. Or a Corona, big Corona. It's a good. It's a really good cigar. It, it's a great cigar. So are we gonna talk about the movie? All these people who next, tune in for my what? friend. Okay, that's next. Right. Here's here's what I'm gonna challenge you guys yeah, with. Fifteen people. Uh, as we often. Yeah, I was about to say we've already been through like two hours, forty five. As we often do. Well, I honestly don't have much to to touch on this movie, but we'll we'll explore it. Uh, while as we're at Romacraft, I you can't fight nature, boys. I do have to take a uh, tinkle. Tinkle. Thank well, can we talk about Cade while yes. he's in the yeah, bathroom? Uh, come on. By the way, our bathroom's very well oh, appointed. I know where they are. Uh, could you please come up with one more really good trivia idea for the kids at home? Are people still watching, Tut? Nah. Yeah. Yeah? I got a yeah. good trivia question. Okay. Your number one cigar of the year, the Neanderthal LH tied with the OM and the GD. Um, what does the LH stand for officially? I already said it on the show. And what so is you, the second? Watching, well, hold on. Yeah. What is the second lesser known meaning of LH? Ooh. And what movie does the first one come from? What do they win, Skip? Uh, we will give away a pair of MTX scissor cutters, my favorite. I never used scissors before our first meeting at TJ's, and <clears throat> Skip looked at my cutter I was using. He's like, oh, you got to use scissors. Scissors is where the it's best. At. Scissors are where it's at. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to leave you guys with that trivia question. I'm trying to leave you guys with something to talk about while right. I... Yeah, I'm going to give you my back, and you can... So answer up. that in the comment section if you've previously This guy won. over here doesn't have much to say. What are you thinking? Oops. What's going on in your He's head? He's a beer guy. He, he owns, owns a bar, guy. and... I know, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know... Cody, add, add, give him a plug yeah, for the bar. Cody owns a bar in the middle of the Bible Belt. We, we've been there. Yeah. We hung out in the patio. Oh, that's yeah. right. We've oh, gotten drunk yes. there. Yeah, oh, drunk yes. and uh, smoked a lot. Which reminds me, you really need to go out to Abilene. There's a cigar store called The Train Car. Okay. You guys would love it. You guys should do an episode from there. It's an actual. It's like a couple of like a caboose and a couple of box cars that they've dropped in the middle of downtown. Yeah, nice. Big Spring. It's basically like a lounge. So yeah. they they have cigars in one and multiple locations. Spot. Yeah. But it cool. reminded me a lot of your uh, temple. Oh yeah. Big no, Spring. I mean yeah. temple is very much big. Is was founded because of the the train. Yeah. And you know it's. So that, let me ask you this question: How has the success of Baylor this last year in the football games like helped your bar sales? People coming out watching the games. I mean, if Mary Harden Baylor did better. Well, <laughs> that w- that's our number one problem where we are is because we have more people in the area that are going to Mary Harden Baylor. I which played is baseball still, there, by the way. You know. Yeah. Yes. You guys speaking to the microphone? I got kicked but out by the guys, dean of students. Yeah, Mary Harden Baylor is still like very strict on their. Everything. Students and, oh. and alcohol okay. as compared to Baylor. Baylor is has loosened up considerably because they just there's no way that with their football the way well, it's when you're raping people and, and drinking seems to become <laughs> less of a <laughs> drinking becomes less of a priority when, right. when your football team basketball teams raping people. And then but. of course you know Waco having the boom of uh, what who are they again? Tut? What's that? Our our favorite home fixer upper people. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the uh, Chip and JoJo. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. So I went to the the OU Baylor game um, on at the new stadium. Yeah, and which I, you mentioned because OU won. 
They did, twice. Did but, I uh, literally leave for two minutes and Tut mentioned Chip and JoJo from... <laughs> I was prompted. Well, here's, no, this, so you, you had mentioned how you don't, do not like coming to Austin because things have changed and, and it's no longer the Austin Primarily field. traffic has changed. That's oh, yeah, well, the traffic's been that way since 2000, 2000 1999. I like, guess it's always going to be that way. But, so I went to the game. We hung out. Saved, saved the weekend. So what kind of threw me off was everything in Waco on Sunday is closed, right? Blue laws. So so I, I go to their their restaurant and their their little coffee shop closed, you know. But anyways, but the stadium they did an excellent job on building that stadium. It's right on the water, right off I-35. By the uh, Texas Ranger Museum. Yeah, dude. And the Dr Pepper Museum. Dr Pepper Museum, and then you go, you can go right down the street, and you can see all the woolly mammoths that had, that they found. It's pretty cool. There's yeah. a lot going on in Waco. Well, I, I, I wouldn't no. go so far as to I'm say there's saying. a lot going on. There's, there's a, here's the thing. I was looking at the real estate. There right? hasn't been shit going on in Waco since David Koresh. I'm telling you, if you go, I'm, if, there's some investments <laughs> to be skip. made that in the next five to ten years you could do really well sitting on land At the rate we're going, people who work in Austin will be commuting from Waco. That's hey, quick question. <laughs> the LH original meaning, yeah. is that... Latoli hominid. No. No. Sorry, Spencer. Womp womp. No. It's from a movie. It's from a movie. Not. Sorry to interrupt my hate on Waco. Not the original, but the second. Well, I would just think that Temple would actually have, you know, a lot more going on on the weekends because of the success of, of Baylor. No. Everything <laughs> in that area, I mean. No, everything stays in Waco. Okay. So are you the only cigar-friendly place where you can smoke in that area? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to plug it? I was it? about to say, you, you should plug it right now. Yeah, what's the name of your bar in Temple, Texas? Yeah, go ahead. O'Brien's Pub. So if you want to have a cigar and have some beer, you go to O'Brien's. Yeah. Come to okay. downtown historic Temple, Texas. Downtown historic oh, Temple, Texas. Yeah. Over 40 beers on tap, and it... Uh, if do you remember nice a Do you remember a sports bar called G Willie's? <laughs> oh, I was a great milkshakes. I was a waiter at G Willie's. What? Yeah, and and when I played ball in college, I was a waiter there, and uh, we used to do the the pay per view, the boxing matches. Okay. The, but the owner is like one of the biggest restaurateurs, Ralph uh, Sheffield. 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 And he's a huge anti-smoking cocksucker. Well, he went... <laughs> hey, imagine this. He went on to be a congressman. Right. That's when he became a... Because he was part of the Texas Restaurants Association. And when they flipped over from being smoking to non-smoking, he became like their chief smoking, Correct. non-smoking... He so was voted by Texas Monthly, uh, as far as rating congressmen, as the most useless piece of furniture in Congress. Yeah, he's a, he was the biggest jackass. And then even became more of a bigger jackass. But he holds the trademark on the white wing. Oh, yeah. You cannot wrap chicken around a jalapeno and put bacon around it without paying him some money. <laughs> oh, yes. Was the original name later humanoid? <laughs> no. No. It was a character from one of the Mad Max movies. What of the, I thought that's the final name, Lord Humongous. That was the first name. So this is another name besides. Lord There's a Humongous. second name that's a, that is a nickname of Sean. Oh. 
So, Lord Humongous was the name originally. You know, it fits with Neanderthal. It does. Thematically. It was a ball buster. Um, the rock and roller. The Ayatollah of rock and roller. He was it. And uh, we also had a few things in there about the um, Berserker gay boys. or I, I don't remember the whole thing, but Sean's nickname is Lightweight Heavy. First one to comment, Lightweight Heavy. <laughs> so Lightweight Heavy became the, what it, we really call it. The Neanderthal lightweight heavy. That is a very good descriptive. It's soaking that in for a second. Yeah, yeah. that works. That yeah. works a lot. Okay. That Which he he is a fucking monster on Madden, but don't you don't want him on your Call of Duty team? He goes like two and twenty. I don't play, but I watch them play, and, play and you'll see much. you'll see Sean's character going in the circles, getting shot, just fucking. You know, my best games in Call of Duty is when I follow Sean around, let him be like the bait, and then kill whoever kills him. Because if he gets twenty deaths a game, I can get twenty kills oh, a game. I thought you were saying you're using Sean as a human shield. Like, no, 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 no. I just, I just. I just, <laughs> he's, yeah. he, you know, he kind of, he's the bait. He's the bait. He said Sean while they're the shooting Sean, I shoot them. I I'm so glad I only have to worry about Tut and his Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, you're uh, a D&D guy. All right. Yes. Understood. Oh, yeah. God, Mike, not you too. I don't play. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm okay. saying I didn't know that was still a thing. I was about to like, spin very much my chair thing. around. Oh, the... he's gonna give me the bag. Okay. All right. Do you guys want to talk about the Irishman a little bit? Not really. Can we talk about Necromancer and Twelve Sided Dice? Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, let's talk no. about let's. So all the people who tune into your podcast for the movie critique. Well, they're gone by now. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, usually we get to this about two hours ago, but we are talking about the Irishman, written by Steve Zayian. How the hell would you say that? Z a i l l a n. He also did the screenplay for Schindler's List. Schindler's List, yeah. Moneyball, which some consider oh, one of the greatest screenplays of all time. One of your favorites, Tut, American yeah. Gangster with Denzel Washington. Okay. And Gangs in New York. Okay. Yeah. Another Scorsese. Dude's got some stuff. So He's how did he fuck this one up? He's got some credit. How the fuck did he write this <laughs> Let thing? Let me tell you, Skip. This is a th- so the best description I've heard. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you click on the negative reviews, there's a guy on some random fucking website and he says, "This movie feels like a three and a uh, uh, no, it feels like a geriatric fart that lingers in the room for three and a half well, let hours." Let me ask you something, Skip. As a guy who gives so little credence to uneducated cigar reviewers, why would you ever go to Rotten Tomatoes and read anything these noobs and nobodies write? Because when I come on to this show, I go and do a lot of research. So only for us you go to Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. Well, I'll accept that answer. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I did a, so I watched it, you know, completely unadulterated by all people's opinions. It was semi-entertaining. Well, hold on. Um, let, me, let me set up the film real quick. Okay, go ahead. It's based Once on a book. It's based on a book by Charles Brandt. The film is directed by Martin Scorsese. And boys, I think we can honestly say we're the only podcast to ever go. Our last episode, the movie was directed by the lead singer of Limp Biscuit. I think we're the only fuckers that could go from Fred Durst to Martin Scorsese. Uh, what is before we start? What is y'all's favorite Martin Scorsese movie? Goodfellas. Skip Goodfellas, Mike? By far. 
You don't know. Tut. You're supposed to know some Artist, stuff. Artistically, I'll his go best with, film. I'll go with Goodfellas because, like you said, it's the one I always go back to. Right. I, I have a lot of appreciation for his other work, uh-huh. except for that Shutter Island or whatever. In, in terms of uh, a contribution... was in, term, in terms of a contribution to the, the, the catalog of movies of all time, sure. in terms of the Criterion Collection or whatever, gotcha. I would say probably the boxing movie is the best. You know, um, Raging, no, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. It's probably the best cinematic history movie. Cody, what's your but favorite? The most entertaining is definitely what's, Goodfellas. What's, Cody, what's the Martin Scorsese movie? If you someone's like you have to watch a Martin Scorsese movie tonight, what would you put on? Goodfellas. Because yeah. it's now I'm gonna be the weird. It's an ensemble. No, okay. it's an ensemble. as a deep yeah, cut. It's great. Mean Streets. Mine is 1985's After Hours. I don't know if I've ever even seen that. It's his best work. It's Griffin Dunn gets trapped in 1985 New York and a night out on the town. And it's the most surreal head fuck of a movie. Is Henry Winkler in that? Terry Gar. Um, is he is he working the morgue, Henry Winkler? No, that's a uh, night shift. That's a, oh, that's okay. night shift. Okay. Uh, Watch After Hours. It is. I will watch that. I promise. You. It, it, it's a really great movie, and I thought it was Scorsese at his. You're saying most. it's better than Goodfellas? Here's the thing. With or are Good... you just trying to be fucking artsy? I'm not being a hipster, and like I don't like what you guys like, so I'm gonna like. Fuck you, Tud. I'm not being contrary. I like Goodfellas. Goodfellas was great. Did you like Gangs of New York? It's okay. Okay. I rewatched that recently. Like it a lot better this the second. The only time. thing that made oh, it work. Oh, what about the Wolf of Wall Street? That's not Scorsese. Yes, yeah, I just yeah, that is. That's a yeah. great movie. Ooh, that's up there with Goodfellas. What made Gangs in New York work for me wasn't the story or the direction, which that's where you give it the nod to Scorsese. It was Daniel Day Lewis, man. Anything the guy appears in, it's brilliant because of him. All right, what about Casino or The Last Temptation Casino's of Christ? Casino's in my top I really five. Like, I really like Casino. And it's definitely yeah. in my top five. I just think Goodfellas is a better ensemble, like true right. ensemble cast. Well, it flows. It flows better it, than Casino. It flows yeah. better. It, it's got a great beginning, middle, end, and it just moves. Yeah, there's and like, and like, there's and like, 30 minutes of Casino you could completely get rid of. Yeah, and yeah. Like, Skip said, but, good, like Skip said, Goodfellas is comfort food. What about The Color of Money? Excellent movie. Top, right. top three. Movie, right? Top three. Yeah. That's hard to argue. My mom's a big Paul Newman fan, so it's kind of... Well, I mean, The Hustler was better than Color Money correct. to me. Very correct. Right, but... But it was a solid, right. solid follow-up. Okay, so here's the thing. My contention about The Irishman is this. Netflix has so much fucking cash that they have no idea how to spend it. So they have all this subscription cash flow that comes in. They have no way to spend it all. They have mountains of fucking money. It's not like well, a. It's not like a, a, a <coughs> traditional. Excuse me. Um, um, studio. Studio that has to go find funding for every film. Well, correct, but they but they do lose a ton of money every year on failed original series. But it doesn't matter. They're because the king you, of one series. But you can't subscribe. You can't subscribe. Two seasons is what they normally have boiled it down to simply for the fact that it isn't that the 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 content of the show isn't what they're going with their med- views. Their, 
views. Their their analytics basically say people lose interest after you, two you seasons. Pay X it doesn't amount matter if of, it's you, great or not. That's right. You pay X amount of money every month. If you spend time watching this one thing, it's a success. Because you, you've learned, consumed. And what we've learned from we we interviewed we had the director of the number one viewed documentary on Netflix last year on our show. The Baki Haram. No, guy? it was the abducted in plain sight about the the girl who was abducted by the family friend. Okay. And the oh yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Well, get this. She was my director. She was my cinematographer on the horror movie I made. Okay. So she came on for four hours and answered all our sadistic questions. What a weird fucking movie. But that was the most watched documentary on Netflix. Yeah. But yeah. what we learned from her was it's you literally get a rate on seconds viewed. If you tune into that thing for ten minutes and bail, nothing. It's it's an accumulation kind of thing where right. you're only getting paid if someone sticks the longer they stick around, but if Past the hour mark, you're actually making some money. Okay, but here's the thing. So Scorsese shopped this movie around for like 12 or 15 years. Nobody is financing 200 million bucks okay. on these fossils. Right, except for Netflix. Except number for one. Netflix. Number two, Netflix released it in the theaters for the whole awards bullshit, which is... you got to get it in 20-something theaters for Which so is many, also bullshit. Three, he wanted to put Pacino... And De Niro and Pesci in a movie together, which again, Pacino was a horrible fucking Hoffa. So that so all these things around it, it all combines into I'm trying to check all these boxes. A I got all this money. I got editorial approval. Nobody's going to cut my movie except for me. I got to put these three actors in, so I got to fit a guy into a role he doesn't fit into, and I have an unlimited amount of money to do all this stupid bullshit. And it completely fucked the whole movie up. I think we'll tend to agree. Real quick, tonight's film is based on, I mentioned uh, Charles Brandt, his novel, I Heard You Paint Houses, which is supposedly, it's a New York Times bestseller, it is supposedly the definitive work solving the disappearance and murder of Teamsters boss Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa! Except it wasn't that. What it was was the story of this mafia hitman... And all of the stuff he told this guy. It's all based on his testimonials and case files. But here's where it gets... It, he was a, like the Forrest Gump of the, mo- of the mob world. He, he was involved in the Lee Harvey Oswald bullshit. Okay. He was involved in the Cuban well, Missile the, Crisis. Thing, Bay Skip, of Pigs. And we're going to jump ahead. He's very Forrest Gump-like. JFK's assassination. Because JFK. He's fucked up. Forrest Gump was a very simple man. And... My biggest problem, and I'm, I'm I'm jumping to the end of my notes here, which we usually do at this point tonight. My biggest gripe about The Irishman is the movie is called, three and a half hour movie, The Irishman. And your main fucking character is a simpleton. He's a robot drone who does whatever anybody tells him to do. He doesn't question anything. Anybody asks him what he does, he answers the, the truth. He doesn't say no to anybody. Where's his accent? He's completely personalityless. He has no charisma. He has no. He just does what he's told. And if that's your three and a half hour movie on this dude, it's a boring fucking caricature of a boring fucking character. Not to mention the fact. I'm going to go to the front of my notes. Half the movie 
computers age this guy to where he looks like a video game character. Well, but they age the face, but you can't age the old guy kicking the shit out of somebody, right? Or, exactly. Chuck's I mean, biggest he's, he's, got the, he's got the old man stance. He's like almost falling over. Sean's agreeing. Or when he, no, we talked about that. Or, like, how when do you, he beats yeah. the shit out of that shop owner for, for slapping his daughter... <laughs> It is a young De Niro stretched out CGI face with this old De Niro body, and it's not even wrestling good kicks. No, even, like that dude nah. is choreographing even, even those kicks when he throws the gun into the the water. Remember when he climbs down those rocks? Yeah. He, he climbes down the rocks like he's about to break he's, a hip. He's exactly. eighty years. De Niro's almost eighty years old, and it's like, all right, you made his face look weird and I guess young, but his body is still. Yeah. So, so here's what I'll say about this movie: the most redeeming thing. This is, to me, the best work Joe Pesci has ever done. Yes. Probably he should be nominated, if not win, the Best Actor Award. Uh, not as not as good as Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> they fuck you at the drive-thru. Come on, man. That's great. Come on, man. But Tut called it best. Whoever had the idea to cast him as the low-key character in this compared to Goodfellas. Yeah, but his age was, as, was reflected. Yeah, but just we... we you, in mobster movies, you're used to seeing him as the high strong. Sure. And you think I'm funny? No. He's the Silvio in this way. from yeah. Sopranos. De Niro gave you De Niro. De Niro's been this character for No, like De Niro didn't years. give you De Niro in this. He gave you nothing. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of slugged along with his hunched over that's shoulders. That's what De Niro's been doing for the past 10 years. Pacino gave you Pacino. You knew he was going to be there. Pesci's the only one that actually acted. I thought I thought uh, his his role was pretty. Light. I thought the comedian that did um, the gangster uh, that got whacked. Not, not uh, what, what's the Italian comedian's name? Oh, uh, the gangster got whacked. No, the guy that got the, the, the guy comedian. that got shot in the restaurant. The comedian. Uh, oh, the the hot shot, the young guy. It's that, not Joey Gallo. No, it was Gallo. No, Gallo was the guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire. Okay, that. But Skip, on your point, yeah, that scene. Is the only scene in the movie I rewound because when De Niro actually walks in and takes some action, blows the bodyguard away, blows him in the head, and walks out, and the guy goes through the window, that was the only. I get it. It's not Goodfellas. We're not going to get kills, 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 kills. That's not this world. But Sebastian. that was. The, yeah. Sebastian. That was the only Man. scene in the movie that I rewound because like. Holy shit! There was some actual like. No, when when Pacino walked into the house and goes, sees the plastic stuff, and he goes, "Let's get out, get out of here." Excuse me, I've been drinking. And he goes, "Let's get out of here." And then he turns around and then and he just pops him in the head. Yeah, that was like that too. No, uh, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, he played Gallo. And then Ray Romano actually had good character. I thought Ray okay, yeah. did a good all right, job. all right. Let's just go ahead thought, to this. I thought Ray did a good job. Yeah, for sure. You're wrong. That guy does Tut, not, Tut, you are 100% from my, correct. From my uh, artistic side point, I would say that you're wrong because... Wait, has Mike that even guy's seen this voice no. cancels everything he's in. Oh. No. Who's that, Ray? Yeah. No. no. I never watched that stupid show he was in because of his voice. It's ingratiating. It's like, it's like a metal sponge on... No. You never watched Ice World or whatever it was called? What was no. no. Ray Romano's in a Ice series World, that's Ice actually World. really good where he owns the... Uh, the, minute he op- the, yeah. the minute he opens that. his mouth, I hear yeah. Ray Romano... And it just took me out of it. The only thing that took me out of he's great. He's great in Get Shorty too. Have you seen that? 
Yeah. Oh, get shorty, yeah. The only thing that took me out of this movie, actor-wise... My, my new friend, Jeremy Piven. I don't know if you know me and Piven are friends now. <laughs> I'm super tight. Oh, he was the big guy in the Me Too movement. He was... I don't know about all that. I don't that. know, but his uh, his girlfriend as a comedian is hilarious. Dude, she's fucking hilarious. But Jeremy Piven's a big fan of Get Shorty, so... Will there be so a high. Neanderthal JP for Jeremy Piven? No, he likes the uh, Ecuador, Connecticut. I'm a big fan of PCU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like PCU. Uh, night, uh, when they go out in the RV, what's Oh, that? yeah, with uh, the Estevez? Hey, yeah. That's even better. The only actor that took me out of the movie more than Ray Romano because of wrong. his Ray Romano You're voice... You're so wrong about that. ...was Anna Paquin as oh, Duke's yeah. daughter. Because here's a huge Hollywood movie star who has one line of dialogue, and the rest of the movie, she looked as confused as Claire Danes in Terminator 3, where she got hired the day before, and like, what am I doing in a Terminator movie? The whole... Claire Danes, the whole movie is like... The whole of, woke discussion about women not having... Part in this is just a is just a no no, no. that's a set, that's a separate issue. Casting a huge Hollywood movie star for one line of dialogue, and the rest of the time she just kind of had this bizarre like, how did I get in this movie? What am I doing in this movie? Look, the it, most interesting woman in the so, whole it took me out of every scene she was in. The most interesting woman in the whole movie is the one woman that wanted to smoke a cigarette in the in the car ride. Pesci's wife. Pesci's <laughs> wife. She was hilarious. I thought both their wives, while they had no character to them, they just wanted to smoke all the time, were really good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had no problem with them. Yeah, they were good. Um, Otherwise, well, let's talk just let's talk just for a second about the aging technology because I watched it with my wife. I turned to her 30 minutes in, and I'm like, "Is this driving you fucking crazy?" It it didn't bother me at all. I, and she's after, like, no, "No, what?" And I'm like, "The fact that De Niro looks." like a cartoon character and his eyes are bluer than anyone's eyes have ever been and they're like not correct like one is kind of cross-eyed and they were like that the whole movie he looked fake I don't look that close at, at dudes but dude Jenny was my wife was the same as you it didn't bother me Tut meanwhile was like yes he looked fake as shit half the movie yeah. He looked like a bad video game character it didn't bother I've seen, me I've seen video games that have had better effects and I know that they might not be Lucas Arts, but uh, it was ILM, man. They close. do Star Wars. It was the, they, the best of the that best. That was that was not the Star Wars team. Sean, did it bother you? It bothered me because they should have cast a younger set of actors. I agree. Parts. I agree you, with that. You, that that's a risky. I that's a, an approach, and it's risky. Yeah, if you get yeah, the if you get yeah, the yeah, wrong, but if you got two hundred million bucks, you probably could have found a young Bobby. De Niro. But when you're paying yeah. De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci sixty million dollars, you're gonna get. I'm sixteen, baby. If you have the the age technology, I, I, I expect more from ILM. I got used to it, but only because I was forced to watch it for three fucking hours. Let me I, put it this way: I didn't if, like it. If you think this movie is a good movie. Go watch Hoffa with De Niro. I mean, with uh, De Niro and uh, um, Frank from from Sunny in Philadelphia. Devito. Devito. That is a much better movie. Oh yeah, no. I can Nicholson is a thousand times better than. Agreed. Al you mean Pacino. you mean Jimmy Hoffa didn't? Jimmy Hoffa to me is Jack Nicholson in that movie. He's not this. No. You cocksucker. No, no, he's not. Of course he's not. Nobody's like that no. except Al Pacino. 
It was horrible. It was. Uh, I will say this, as far as the acting goes, the main guy, Frank, who's in every scene, was boring as shit. But it doesn't, he, was a, he was an automaton. He was a robot. It doesn't robot. bother he me that... He didn't question anything. He just did what he was told. But he's a fucking assassin. You don't expect him to be emotion, have a lot of emotion. But if your movie's called The Irishman, and The Irishman is boring and has no personality, that's kind of a problem if you're doing a four-hour movie. I'm just saying, where was his accent? <laughs> Let me tell you, how do you learn fucking Italian just by serving in the military for a couple of years and... Oh my god, he, That's pick, such he picked bullshit. it up quick, right? That's such bullshit. Alright. I'll tell you, I've said a lot of negative things, I'm going to say some positive things. The comedy. I wasn't expecting it. When they're busting on the Big Ears guy, that shit was funny. Yeah, there's that a lot of... That scene where Pacino wails on the Teamster b- bosses, and Frank the Irishman's in there, he's like, YOU MOTHERFUCKERS! And Frank goes and puts on his coat. He's like, I'm out of here. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, right, right. You called me a motherfucker. I'm not standing for that. That wasn't talking I didn't see you. <laughs> you were in the corner, baby. And he's like, I don't, you don't talk to me like, I didn't see, It was like a two-minute scene where he's convincing yeah. him I didn't see you. That was funny. That was really funny. Another thing when uh, De Niro was explaining why his daughters like Jimmy Hoffa as opposed to all his mafia buddies, he's like, they didn't have names like the Razor or the Weasel. But by the way, <laughs> um... If the hunchback. If, if you were as familiar with my kids as Jimmy Hoffa was with Frank's daughter, first of all, I would never let you anywhere near my daughter. They were very close. It was a very pederast kind of. Um, the way it was portrayed was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. it was too familiar. It was the ice cream, wasn't it? it was that whole th- that whole thread of your daughter hated you because you you know you're scary. To why did you kill Jimmy Hoffa? That whole thing that that everybody talks about. Yeah, had zero emotional value. No. Well, it did. It, if I was editing and and he didn't have final cut approval, I would have either made this into a, lo- a longer story that included the whole Lee Harvey Oswald angle that was in the book, or I would have cut probably an hour and twenty minutes out of this movie. That's my next point. But to get to your point, yes, it was it was really. I get it. Their dad has no emotion, and. They're around Al Pacino, who's it's bursting out of his seams with with vibrancy, and you know their dad's just lumbering around with his shoulders down, killing people. I mean, he, when he killed the laundromat guy, the the guy who set him up on the laundromat deal, yeah, that's the way I fig- figure mob hips really happen, right? Out in the street, hey, hey, quick. wait, boom, boom, disappear, drop the gun, whatever. There's no, it's not some big scheme. Yeah, you know, like oh, I, I. I, okay, I shouldn't be dealing with that guy. Well, I'll go kill him. Yeah. You know, that that, that the fact that that is emotionalist makes it work for me. It did, but it made him just a character that I don't really need to spend four hours of my life with because he just did whatever he was told. He told the truth whenever, like, where were you last week, Frank? Blowing up laundries. Like, he, <laughs> he had no, like... Well, but to survive in that world, don't you have to be kind of a dumbass? It just yes. does what you're told. Yes, right? but it was a four-hour movie about a dumbass. Because everybody else they showed, which I, this never really went full circle for me, but like every time they showed some guy, they'd go, okay, he was shot in, shot. in the head Correct. in 1979. Or Cody whatever. and I talked about that the whole way up like here. What, okay, what was the what was the what uh, was the delivery of that? You're with Cody. See, with Cody, it was like I wanted more, and I'm like, well, like they, where, where did it. where did that where, where, where did that all lead to? Like, well, you know, like I said, my thing was is like. 
after watching it all, you come to the part where he basically this guy had known Hoffa for years, worked with him. He had become part of the union. He was a union head. He was running one of the shops. He was doing all that. And yet they spent no more. I mean, there was, if this is going off of the book, if this is going off of his own account, he spent, wasted no more time executing Hoffa than he did the first guy. I mean, literally, just didn't right. think twice about it. Well, like what Cade said, he's a robot. He didn't. He just but, did what he was told. But, but the, talked, the we, Freddy, we, the, the we talked on the way up here, Yaks. You were really bothered by whenever they would show a character on screen. It was like he was killed, uh, shot in his driveway, and it's like I had no context. Who is he? Why was he killed? For me, it actually that was one of the few things that worked because it just showed you. These minor characters, even as minor as a guy giving him a hug who owned a furniture store, was shot 30 times in his driveway. <laughs> Everyone dies in this world. Right. And at the end... The I, guy that comes in the meeting with the shorts on? Yeah. That was an interesting character. Yeah. But then, what happened to him? I actually had to fucking go wiki, like, okay, what happened to this guy? Yeah. But they, I kinda, did, they didn't say what happened right. to that guy. I kind of like... But then they had said all this shit that happened to the other guy. Yeah. I kind of like... They had approach where like everyone who's in this world, even if they're a minor little thing, he was blasted in the face by a shotgun. But the other he guy, thrown the guy that pissed mixer. off Jimmy Hoffa that came to the meeting in shorts late or whatever, he died of a heart attack in the 80s or something. You know, yeah, I mean, he was a made and, man. The, and the mob guy uh, that 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 actually eventually said Hoffa had to die. Um, I don't remember his name. Frank. Uh, he was one of the big mob guys. He just died of old age. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they showed uh, the but guy they, it would have been interesting if they would have said that. Well, yes, yeah, that's they what I'm saying. Like they, they didn't give you context. Right, so, like right. they didn't do it all the time. Well, I think what all that was leading to was my biggest gripe with the film: the last 30 minutes. I think they were leading to everyone in Frank's world, the Irishman, died. He was the last man standing. But where most movies, when the story ends, that's where the character ends. Like. A stupid Fast and Furious movie. When the when the hero saves the day, that's where the movie ends. Or Die Hard. When he kills the terrorist, that's where the movie ends. This movie's like the movie's ended. Pesci's dead, they were in prison, all that. Let's spend another thirty five fucking minutes okay, in a nursing home. Hold on, when you say that, when it got to that that point where you think, Okay, it's all wrapping up, I hit pause and I saw there was forty something minutes left and I'm like what the fuck could they possibly they, talk about in the next 40 nothing. minutes? <laughs> there was nothing to talk about. Right. The movie was over. Right. But let's spend another 35 minutes with this guy into old age. Let's in his relationship with well, his no, daughter. I, I, like, which who is gives they, a they, fuck? Which well, is non-existent. No, but I, if I you think really about... I didn't need to see him pick out his coffin. I didn't yeah, need to... Sure. Just, yeah. No, but I think that that, that kind of goes into... The story is still unfinished, right? Like, no one really knows whatever really truly well, happened, right? Like, there's all speculation. Well, Mike, a lot of people have said that, you know, Mean Streets followed these guys as young gangsters. Goodfellas followed, you know, up to a time, like, uh, Ralph... Or like, the Ray, changing from Ray the old Leota, school to the new you know, guys. Ended it in, in witness protection. Casino took it another step. This is his piece de resistance, where we actually follow a gangster to the grave and the sad no. final days. Let, I didn't need that. Let me tell you what this is. When the is. story ends, the character should end. I don't need to see him sitting in his nursing home for 30 minutes talking to a priest. No. Bullshit. As a mobster movie, this is exactly parallels what it is as a Hollywood movie, which is 
It's what happens when you give a guy too much money and too much control who just who has a, a legacy and everyone will watch it because of what it is. Yes. And then it just fades into the fucking Skip, we finally agree. On it that. fades in, it's worthless. We finally and the, agree. In the on canon that. of Hollywood movies. So I just watched the other day I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it's a long ass movie. And until you get to the last 40 minutes or so you're like what the fuck is this? Right? But when it gets to the last 40 minutes, you're like, it wraps the whole thing up. And you're like, oh, shit, this is Tarantino's... That's Tarantino... Charlie that, Manson's story. That's his M.O. Right? And it was great. And then now you can rewatch it with the ending in mind and go, oh, my God, now this makes a lot more this sense. This was 35 minutes of bullshit and just me stroking my ego that I can show you a gangster taking his last breath. And I don't... You know, they do this thing where De Niro... Has he realizes finally with no he's never had a regret in his life, no remorse for all the killings, but he finally realizes okay there might be a heaven and hell, so I'm going to talk to a priest. I'm going to try badly to recite what the priest tells me to, and then at the end there's this poignant thing where he asks the priest when he leaves to leave the door open of his nursing home door. I don't know if that was to one. There's a slight hope that one of the daughters that hates him might come in, or maybe just to have a little glimpse that still I'm connected to the outside world. But my God, after three and a half fucking hours, who the, gives a shit? And the music was weak too. Everybody oh, talked oh, about no, the music. Dude, the Robbie Robertson score oh. was terrible. Scorsese did some really cool if you, old school. Go tunes. watch Bronx Tale, Ooh, that's a good one. and you compare yeah, it to the score to this. Yeah. Right? Okay, but here's the thing. If you could name any other movie in Hollywood history that reminds you of what this movie is, what would it be? I have a perfect one that I think of. Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Really? Yes. It was overproduced, overly long, too much rope was given to the director, it's completely boring... But when but when you look at it, you go. There's some cinematic things in here that add to the canon of. Oh, there's yeah. incredibly cinematic things going. Right, on. but but you go. But no one's gonna fucking. When's the last time you watched fucking Brazil? Yeah. You watch it once. No, I. And then it goes into your catalog I, of. I disagree because when I watch a movie with incredibly cinematic things going Time on. Time Bandits was more entertaining than than Brazil. I oh, tend yes. to hit the rewind button to re to. Oh, that was amazing. I only hit the rewind button once on this movie. That that sh- where he kills the guy in the see, and that's what's night. weird because as a cinematographer, or at least someone who likes to try to pretend to be one, I kind of agree with Skip here, uh, Skip here because there's some there's some beautifully shot movies. I didn't see a lot of. I didn't see it. The only thing I saw that was cinematic and impressive was when they were pushing the taxi cabs into the water. That was great. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah, Walter Mitty. Yeah. The cinematography on that movie was top notch. Beautiful. I've only seen it once, and I, I don't care to see the it. The only thing cinematic... But when you talk um, about cinematography, that's in your catalog. The only thing that this is in my catalog for is good Pesci performances. The only and, thing... And I can go watch 30 minutes of the movie yeah. to get well, that. Well, that's because you've seen everything in this before. Yeah. The only thing cinematic on a broad, like how they frame this and how they do this thing scale for me, I told Mike, was when they push the cabs into the water, that was like a big... Yeah, open shot. Open shot and doing that. Like, all right, I'll remember them pushing those taxi cabs into the water. I don't... 
I don't have money moments that I want to revisit from this thing. Yeah. I think that pretty much sums it up. When they did that, when they did the uh, the gimbal from the truck through the meat the meat warehouse, that was interesting uh, cinematically, but. And that was kind of cool as far as the crime scene in that day and age and what you had to do to kind of with the, the the locks on the meat yeah. trucks. And yeah. Technically wise, that was really cool and that was kind of. But when the guy doing it all and making all the money looked like a fucking cartoon character, right? With the squirrely well, eyes. When you go when you go back back and watch Hoffa, it, it's night and day a better movie. I've not seen it. Oh fuck! It's night and day a better movie. It's, the Jack Nicholson and Hoffa will make you even dislike the Al Pacino performance even more. I, well, you I, know what? I'll, I'll go, go as bold as horrible as Stallone. Stallone played. played no, I he agree with that a, too. He, he played a better Hoffa. Sylvester Stallone played a better Hoffa. That's the only <laughs> thing Pacino. I guess we haven't really touched on. Which let's let's just get it out there. Uh, Al Pacino really has no business visiting historical characters at this point. No. No. Because they all sound like this! You know what? He did a really good job in the Dr. Death, the uh, Kevorkian movie. He was so not Al Pacino. Yeah, Yeah, but this was the last movie that they played together since Heat, right? Yes. So I think this is like the last opportunity to put them... In a movie together. Oh no, no, it was up. this was. That but was that the goes whole back to what I was right. saying. It's like you add up all these check boxes that yeah. the, the the the. But at what point? The sum is less than the part. But like Cody said to me on the way up here, at what point when Martin Scorsese's in the in the film tent watching the monitors, and Al Pacino is doing his thing, are people like, this is what this is what you want? This is what you're doing? It's Al Pacino. Like, what am I going to do? Because it's so not Hoffa. It's crazy not Hoffa. I went back and looked at a ton of Hoffa stuff. Never! Never. Never! He would get angry the way Nicholson would get angry. (laughs) But he wouldn't get... And I love the the character touches that had nothing to do with his performance. Like, sleeping. Like, he made the guy sleep with him. And the ice cream sundae. Like, those are nice little character touches. But creepy, but <laughs> I want crushed pecans, baby. I mean, it's just who the but, hell knows? But you, you know, I, like I posted that. a thing that's like if you watch it up to this point and then you rest and then you watch it at this point, it, you know, where how you can watch it in four seconds. Oh, yeah, somebody posted a if you want to watch it as a mini series over a couple right. nights, stop at this time no. code. No, the director minute to be a one sit deal. We I'm are pure, we are pure. <laughs> We're a purist. You need to watch it like the filmmaker wanted you to. And guess what? It Brazil. It kind of sucks. Right, comparison. Correct. I don't know how many people watching this podcast still watching at this point have seen Brazil, but clearly you have a tolerance for four hours of bullshit. I just, <laughs> I, I, so I go find, watch Terry Gilliam's. I, th- I think the Brazil analogy is because I agree with you. Brazil is the movie you watch once and you never watch again. But there was so much artistry. And passion on display there. But speaking I of laser discs that, that you bought at Tower Records, I don't. See I, I used to try to find all the Criterion Collection laser discs, and Brazil was the one that I bought. That I'm like, why the fuck did I buy this? I don't see that passion here, though. Brazil had passion. This and thing I will had. I say that when Brazil came out, there was nothing really like it. I mean, it was it was kind of groundbreaking in a lot of different ways. And yeah, it might be a boring story to where you're just kind of like, what the hell did just happen? But it's ingrained there. I mean, but the thing about Brazil was 
somebody please get this guy a fucking editor. Right? That's what I'm talking about is Hollywood gave him too yeah. much room to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Did we finish the phone? We did. You want something else? Sure. It's like uh, Coppola in uh, Apocalypse Now. Like, I, as a film guy, I can go watch the whole version with the French plantation and the Playboy Bunny helicopter things and all that. And you go, okay, I can see why they cut all this shit out. Yeah. But now kind of going and seeing it a second time, I, I guess I'd like to see the, all the extra stuff because it just adds to the thing that I already thought was good. If you'd have given me an hour and 50-minute version of this movie, and then I went and watched the three-and-a-half-hour version, I would feel like, okay, well, I'm glad I didn't fucking... Like, what a waste of fucking... uh, The whole thing was a waste of time. I mean, look, I've seen probably in my life... I'm a movie guy. Mike's not a movie guy. What are you drinking? I'm drinking The Secret Stairs. Mike has brought some new bourbons to the table. We finished the first tour of four bourbons. Those, we're, no, we're, that was a blend. So we're going on to uh, Cream of Kentucky. This is a uh, 12 and a half year aged bourbon. Okay. So we're this podcast is like and Irishman. the uh, Michter's Tin. <laughs> Needs an editor. It's a run time. 3.30? Yes. Hey, that's. Are we last run out of film? Is that, that what you're saying? That's our last episode. Um, okay. Well, I guess it's fair to say. We give the Irishman. If it was a cigar, five thumbs sideways. I would give it a seventy-six. Let me ask you this question before you before you before you give it a grade. Do you think they do a good job of giving you like a historical kind of tour of what it, what the era was like no. during that time? No. Right, because they no. touch the JFK, the Cuban Missile Crisis. They touch. No. You know, the, the, no. Well, they put the time. The timeline and context with all of that, I was like, okay, so, you know, and to, you know, because always, and I, and I do like the fact that, you know, they hit upon, you know, the JFK assassination and implying, of course, that it was done by the mob, which, you know. Which it was. Which it was. Just ask Risty. He'll tell you. <laughs> The pizza parlor was around back then. JFK went into it. It's all there. Okay. Google it. Let me but ask you I this mean, question. What about the way that they they kind of they wrapped up the way that he was killed? That was seen, I think, is more accurate than the, the, the Vito movie. But, Skip, Cody and I talked about this on the way up there. Because the whole movie built up to that kill scene. Yes. Okay, historically, according to Frank Sheeran's testimony, accurate. It was a one-second kill scene. But I think that's. But there was a. Cool. But that, it, that's the way he said no, it happened. But, but no, no, it, but, but the tension the, was building. And yeah, the tension was hold on. Yeah. But you're making in, in the movie, a movie. Okay, hold on. But in the movie Hoffa, and when I watched the movie Hoffa, I didn't know the story of. Another water. I didn't water. know the story of Jimmy Hoffa. At the end of it, he gets whacked. And you're like, why did Jimmy Hoffa get killed? You you don't have any context for that. Oh, this gave context. This movie gives you a lot of context of how of how he was connected to the mob. Correct. But not only that, but like how how because of the pension fund thing, right? And it was like it was mine, it's mine, right? And and he didn't want to relinquish that. Right. And so it's like, okay, this guy's getting out of control. But do you really think the the which is like the character in Casino when they whacked De Niro? It's like Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy created Vegas. Yeah. Vegas was his baby. 
Vegas is mine. The Flamingo is mine, mine, mine. And the mock. You about the Warren Beatty? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in that sense, it did give you a little more historical context on why the mob was connected to Jimmy Hop. Like, I didn't completely understand the whole pension plan, how that was funding mob projects, and and, and, and the, the whole Bobby Kennedy thing I understood, but I didn't understand exactly. So in that well, sense... Oh, I it, thought it was really cool how they, they kind of gave you, like, the father supported this, right? And then the, the new generation was well, like, kind of... But I thought that right? could have been explored more because the only time we saw the father when he was dead on a wheelchair right. out in the right. by his pool, I was like, oh, wow, Joe Kennedy was... was really a, kind of a puppet master to his sons and his connection to Ma but they talked about a lot but then they're like but then Joe died and no but the line where he says if you can kill a president they can kill you right. that yeah. was actually pretty yeah that was a good line uh, I don't know I don't know it was worth watching I'm glad I watched it I honestly picked this movie for the podcast because I knew this was the only way I would watch it yeah. It'd be on my list of things to watch. City it, Hall is much better. Mike, would than you tell Skip to let the City Hall thing go let to the rest? City Hall go if to you rest. watch City Hall and you think it, it is not a great movie, I will accept you not doing a podcast on City Hall. But if you watch it and go, How did I not see this movie before? Especially in the light of the recent death of Danny Aiello, who's brilliant in this movie. He's better in Hudson Hawk. No. You've never seen this movie. I know he's great. I'm Hudson telling Hall. you, he's way better in this. Have you seen Hudson Hawk? Yes, of course. All right. Is that the skater? It's Justin. Justin have you seen Hudson Hawk? <laughs> That's Tyler. Tyler. Never heard of it. Never heard no, of it. It's like a musical where Bruce Willis sings and robs shit. Yeah, but in this one, in this can I one, okay, look, I'm gonna tell you a scene out of City Hall. Okay. So in City Hall, Danny Aiello is a, uh, a New York political guy. Who's connected? He's like a, a, a what do they call him? Alderman, mm-hmm. and he's connected to the mob. And at one point, it so the whole movie's around one of the famous mobsters' son accidentally kills a little girl in the street. Okay. So Al Pacino is the mayor, and he's trying to deal with all the community pressures of this little black girl getting killed by is a mobster. This tamed Pacino. At that point, he might have some new. It's really good. It's okay. really good, and. Aiello is hooked up with these mob people and had convinced the city to fund this subway stop. And the mobster comes over to his house because the Danny Aiello character loves musicals like Carnival and and he comes over to his house and he and he comes in. And he's his wife says, "Hey, the refrigerator's on the fritz again." And the mob guy sits down with Danny Aiello and he basically tells him, "Hey, the gig's up." So Danny, I, he, he goes, yeah, but I can, I'm not going to say anything. And he goes, you're a singer. You, you've always been a singer. You like to sing. And then Danny Aiello gets in his car and he drives and he shoots himself in the head. Instead of, you know, instead of, you know, his wife being subject, she's just worried about the refrigerator. It's so good. It, it is, it is, it's the whole disillusionment of this John Cusack character from Louisiana and he's the whole um, Huey Long politics is how you change the world. Then he gets to New York, and this guy he idolizes ends up being a fraud. It's so good. Well, Skip, we'll see how we rank on your top twenty uh, blogs of the year. I've already told you, you guys uh, are officially on the list. Top five, I think you said. 
No, but City Hall uh, is what we should have done this podcast on. Uh, I'm glad we talked about the Irishman. Every, every, unlike City Hall, everybody's talking about the Irishman. It's topical. And uh, I think we topicaled it very well. Well, but this is the this is the um, sugar rush high generation where we talk about what's topical instead of, of what is substantive. Well, uh, right. Real, Tell them. Cool. I, that makes sense. Real quick, we we talked a lot about cigars tonight. I want to talk uh, cigars one more time to Can we give a plug. Yes. Okay. Mike, I'm going to get plugged to the Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar. It's a long filler, premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. I love how he pronounced Deep barrel fermentation <laughs> is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything on the market. Boys, we've seen it in Louisiana on hand. Oh, my God. It's it's a unique process. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes. That skip in my opinion's bundles of tobacco. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. Not car jacks. Railroad jacks. My God, they press this thing down. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The guys that are involved in this process, we interviewed, they're really, they've been there, they've been working on at this factory for years. Uh, the, the total process the of... The per- Kool-Aid that they gave you on this tour? Was the it? total process fermentation takes 12 to 18 months to leave the Louisiana plant, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve... Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. Before, you could only get this on the Pat Van Winkle site. Now they're at Drew Diplomat retailers. Although, they just released a pig size and those you can still only get at the Pat Van Winkle website. So, what a shame. It's midnight and all so the Drew Are you State saying that it has Louisiana tobacco in it? Perique? No. It no. has Louisiana... Tobacco that's brought to Louisiana. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Tobacco that's brought to Louisiana, made into Perique tobacco, and Mm. then shipped Mm. to Grand Fabrique. Sounds delicious. Perique at Grand Fabrique. Fabrique. It is like nothing you've never tasted before. Well, boys, uh, do you have any... God, we drank so many beers tonight. Uh, and we me, still have this and one. And the boys down here, me and Mike, did it's the massive. we did the tour of bourbon. Like you guys yeah, down assholes. there don't know anything. There's bottles right there. Grab some. They're all here. They're all as here. As soon as I pack all this up, it's all. <laughs> I think uh, I offered you a beverage while you were setting up, and you said no. So okay. By the way, okay. So hey, I'm gonna say work. it like this: while we're packing this up and we're gonna wrap this up, we're gonna watch some city hall. I don't know why. I mean, what is it about my opinion of things that you don't immediately go, well, if Skip loves it that much. He is a critique. I can't believe I've been talking about this for three years and he still hasn't fucking watched it. Hey, Cade really talked about that wasabi. Have you gotten on your phone trying to order that shit up yet? I've smoked it. I smoked it before. And it's unavailable now. 
<laughs> it's out there. Unlike the, unlike the Fomorian that is available at retailers right now. Well, maybe we will get to do that this St. Paddy's Day. Oh, yeah. We're watching City Hall. So where do you buy your cigars locally? Is it TJ's? Uh, locally, um, we have TJ's in Temple. Or you order through Famous. Uh, we do have a great deal through Famous. What's the discount on that? Order uh, any any order over a hundred dollars. Put in TNCC twenty as your promo code. You get twenty dollars off a hundred. Mike, that is twenty percent. Man, that is. Uh, epic. We also just buy cigars. What if you were to buy? Well, you could only really buy one of the top number one cigars. Of Does the that year. apply to Davidoff and Drew Estate? Uh, Drew State, yes, is there's no exclusions there. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not sure about Davidoff. That's, that's we don't good. smoke a lot of Davidoff. Okay. Skip, what was your point? Um, right now, GD and LH is not available on, well, and OM is not available through Famous though. No, but it will be, correct? Not, not. The OM will be available through Fine Ash. The that's the in GD, Arizona. The GD is coming out again next year. Sometime. Hopefully in the HN size. I actually want to say I ordered our LHs through Famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all gone, long gone. Yeah, no, I when they first this hit this bundle sun- that we had for tonight, I think it's the last bundle. When they first hit the Famous Smoke Shop uh, website, I ordered them using TNCC Pro, <laughs> TNCC promo code uh, TNCC20, and I saved twenty percent. So if you've learned anything in the last four hours, Don't it's drink how to weed. save twenty dollars on a hundred dollar purchase. That's good. And to watch. The brilliant City Hall. <laughs> well, I do think that if you have other c- coupons through Famous, they will all stack. Stack? Yeah. They stack. No, they, they don't stack. They don't no. stack? No, they, they don't stack. stack. Oh, but man, they used to be a nice little cheat code. wise to just go TNCC But the word stack reminds, yeah. reminds me of the name John Cusack. Oh, Jesus. Who was in City, City Hall. Hall. <laughs> so what was your favorite beer tonight? Uh, oh, good question. Do we have a, a consensus of the favorite beer? That's a great question. My favorite beer of the night was probably the PM Dawn. My my the latter the latter's yes the first my the first beer the PM Dawn was my favorite as well. I don't know the latter was pretty good. The secret ladder is good. Yeah, now we're now we're drinking Anderson Valley Bourbon Barrel I don't think you got. Yeah. I don't think I really right. like yeah, the whole pass, cigar. Pass the doge to the left. I, it was right. good. Yeah. Yes. But but if you use my scale. There's still some of this left. The other ones are all Pass gone. Pass that for 20% no. off. No, I... No, oh, the other one. <laughs> Is there a uh, Romacraft 20% off coupon we should... Uh, no. Um, we give no discounts. If you buy $100 worth of Romacraft from Famous and use TNCC20 <laughs> in, the, in the checkout, you can save $20 on a box of uh, pretty much we, anything we sell. Famous does... A, let me tell you, man. Not all retailers... Say what you want to say about the big guys. And I have my own criticisms of how Santa Clara gets stuff to the store. This stores. is when it gets real juicy. This is, this is the after hours show. And how CI manages their stuff. Hey, will you guys uh, sponsor our after hours show like you do the. Uh, but you famous, <laughs> famous. If, You're if, on the hot seat. If, if it comes in on one of our shipments, famous has it in their stock. So if Famous doesn't have it, that means probably nobody has it. And it's not because we send a lot to Famous. It's because Fam- Jim does a great job of buying. Well, they've always been our they've been our partner now for several years. Um, as 
they are our premier partner. So uh, not just with the promo code, but we finish it up. Try this one. Okay. Because we're still going, right? Mike's and, getting And I'm glad tonight. they didn't all get killed with AK-47. Good lord, uh, that's not coming out. But uh, well, I guess I need to wait till Skip gets back to. This is the it. old Fitz Gerald, 13 year. This is uh, is this what I what did I have before this? You had the uh, cream of Kentucky. That was a 12 year. I like that one. Pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. $135 a bottle, that's $200. Oh, exactly. Tug, give us some links. What you got? Well, my first link is hashtag assholes for not passing the bourbon down here. But uh, if you want to join us on YouTube, subscribe to us, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. That's the way we kind of prefer you to watch us. But if you want to uh, download us on iTunes or any other podcast, uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, join us up on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Hit us on Twitter, at TNCCCast. Go see Matt's uh, beautiful photos on Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. Did I forget anything? By the way, it's Christmas time, and if you're going to do some shopping, go, go to the Tuesday, Nars, uh, Tuesday the Night big, Cigar Club com website. Thing. Click on the uh, Amazon banner and do your shopping from there. helps us keep the lights on. doesn't cost you anything. You go to our website, you click on the Amazon, then you do your shopping. We actually get a little bit of support through there. Good job, Ted. Yay! Uh, well, I'm gonna let Skip get back till we sign off. That Fuck seems Skip. like the. Uh, but uh, Mike has generously poured generously poured a tour of. Uh, what, what would you like to try? Tyler, will you get him a glass, please? What would you Two, like, please? Two, please. Two glasses. Yeah, they're like, man, why are we go. drinking this fucking shitty ass beer? You pick. I thought you liked the. Or no, it was the one after the Japanese. The, the gold. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mike, you pick. As, okay. Look, as incoherent as this uh, sounds right now on this podcast, With your hiccups? The, the hour of missing content from the drunk podcast was far more incoherent. Oh my God. Listen, this is now a record. Two podcasts that I've done at Romacraft where I maintain my uh, dignity. Out of three. Yeah. And <laughs> the third one is forever lost to the archives. Lost to the archives. So, Cody, what, where is your where is your favorite offsite location? Is it here? It's got to be here. Like when you do offsite. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. Unless it's downtown Temple, Texas, O'Brien's Pub. Oh yeah, that's a great place. Uh, or, or a barn smoker. Yeah. Or or the bars smokers. Uh, but uh, cheers, guys. No, we, we always love our time with you boys, and thank you so much for uh, entertaining us. Is that why we made your number one? Because thank you, you also for giving away some sweet rum across. Oh swag yeah, well we got we got. Uh, did anybody win the scissors? Did anybody win the scissors? No, Which one was that? That was the third one. <laughs> so the first one was the hat. The the yeah. weasel black then on the black growler. weasel then the growler and then the scissors so so the sixty two percent went to Randy yeah the Lord did anyone win the Lord Humongous uh no because the, everybody came in after you already said it oh okay well the first one I guess still wins all right we go look there we go through there uh thank you Sean for the for scissors pouring. we'll have to actually look back because there was a couple people that named like one cigar of the top three but nobody got all three. okay okay well thank you everyone uh thank you sean for pouring that amazing first drink man that was a artistry yeah 
That, he takes that, a lot of pride in that. Dude, Sean, Sean is the hitman. You got to watch out for we Sean. Get, so we good. get a lot. So good. We get way more visitors here than oh, yeah. you would think. Yeah. People that just come into town and then come here and hang out and, and no, drink beer. No, I see things on Facebook. I'm like, how did they let those guys in? We had the Texas uh, the, the Texas Ranger guy, the TTB enforcer, who could not believe that we don't sell beer. <laughs> <laughs> He could, he's like, do you guys have a liquor license? He's like, no. It's like, well, what's going on here? It's like, well, that's just ours. It's like, you have all this beer and liquor. Yes. <laughs> just for your office. Yes. 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 You don't. Yes. Sell, you have don't you sell. ever seen Mad Men? That's us. <laughs> you don't sell it. Uh, no. Well, uh, thank you guys for always being so hospitable to us. Um, well, I'm gonna queue up uh, City Hall. It was We're gonna fun. clean this up. Uh, I think we need to pay, I guess. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you're probably pretty cross-eyed right about okay. now anyways, right? we got to get out of here before he starts this thing. Uh, what else you got to say? Mike, you are the most reasoned voice of the Roman Craft family. <laughs> Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for coming out, guys. Hope for you bringing uh, God, these beautiful bourbons to my, to my lips. I'm just saying, we have a party on the 1st, January 1st. We're going to bring in 2020. On a whole, I'm gonna open up all the B tag stuff I have, which is like, I have everything but the Eagle Rare 17. So that's the William Larue Weller. We're gonna do uh, George C. Stag, Handy, Sazerac. We're invited, baby. You are. We're invited, baby. So bring it. And then in May we have our yeah, that's right. In May we're gonna have a 20 uh, the 10th anniversary, which is where we're going to. we don't really have the details. What's the details in that? We're gonna give away, or no? You buy a ticket and you get a. We we'll get a lot of shit. But get a lot of shit. Yeah. Get a lot of shit. Well, uh, you guys are just the the best hosts and. Austin, Texas, motherfucker. Hey, man. Number one TNC scar of the year, Neanderthal L H O M G D. What? That's it, baby. This opening. All out the ass. So for the last person who's watching. Tyler. We appreciate Sean. <laughs> Sean, everybody. Tyler, everybody, baby. If you have a friend, you boys you ready? Yes. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. From all of us here at the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, We thank you for all your support over the last year from the very bottom of our drunken hearts. And we wish you and yours very happy holidays. See you in 2020, you filthy animals. To learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit romacrafttobacco.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky. And for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well.
like